0: I can't even imagine what, like, a forum would have looked like for, like, Asterix and Obelix comics when they would be released on, like, a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much just look at the forums for them now. It's the same thing. I'm sure there's a subreddit. It's the same people as well. Oh. I liked Asterix. Did you? Yeah. Never saw it or read it. Or I, I read there. it and watched it. Uh, they made. As... Yeah. It's a lot less racist than Tintin. <laughs> That's
1: true. Yeah, but, uh, no. like, it's still still Lots of things are a lot less
0: racist than Tintin. Actually, Asterix was a bit racist. Oh, it was a bit racist. I'm, I'm not denying that. But it wasn't <laughs> less racist than Tintin. No, I was just thinking
1: more to myself and kind of coming to terms with it. Actually, speaking of the racism of Tintin, do, do you? Uh, this is a little bit of uh, fact <laughs> fact finding here. Um, Where has this come from? <laughs> Sorry, do you, carry do, on. You, do you know when uh, it was? It was in Belgium, so I'll give you that. But do you know mm. when the last ever human zoo closed? No, I don't. I didn't know there was, was, it was it. Human Was it was a major s- thing between mm. the United... Like, all the way from the United States to Japan, where they would basically just go and find Aboriginal people and put them in an enclosure and people would go and look at them. Holy fuck. Right.
0: They'd build, like, a little town for them. I want to say it was post-war. It was post-war. It was... Was it as recently as the 70s? Not, no, 1958. Oh, fucking hell. That's, that's, when,
1: that's when Belgium realised, oh, wait, shit. What the fuck are we doing? Yeah. There you go. Must suck to be the last people as well. To so look around and go, it's, it's like it's like that, you know, oh. it's the designated driver thing where you realise you're the one person not with his finger on his nose and you go, ah, oh, shit, we're racist. <laughs> I mean, that, that metaphor may have sort of fallen <laughs> apart there. <is>, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, I, there's I'm a bit really... of history for you there. there you yeah, go. that was, that,
0: was oh. that. That's good bumper material, which is good, because I really want to get straight into this one.
1: Excellent. Excellent.
0: Are we all ready? Uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Begin. Hello and welcome to World 1 Stage 1. I'm Simon, and joining me as ever are Jack, Rob, What year is this? and Irish. Hello. (laughs) And and I wanted to get straight into this show because this is the glorious day that we learned that the Prime Minister of this country, David Cameron, stuck his knob in a dead pig's head. Yay! (laughs) The fucking bacon botherer. We had to address this one, didn't we? <laughs> please, please just, oh. like I know, I know. There's usually like a, a no politics kind of uh, rule with Melbourne well, well stage. It? I thought there was.
1: Is there? Oh, yeah, well, to, there's no rule, just, but I, yeah, I we just, just don't we talk it so about that we it. We didn't get like overwhelmed and just keep going on about it and like alienate
0: all our listeners. That's true, but I think we can make an exception today. Well, I don't think we'll be talking about politics so much as the fact that David Cameron fucked the head of a dead pig. Yeah, and it's... That's not politics, that's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not for the pig, obviously. Well, it was already dead. (laughs) That's true. And that's what made it okay in his mind?
1: Yeah, but, like, you know, that or not... That is what made it legal. (laughs) When I die, don't let David Cameron fuck my mouth. (laughs) <laughs> he is responsible for no both bestiality and necrophilia <laughs> at the same time. Ne- Necrobestiality. Necrobestiality.
0: My goodness! But the thing is, right? uh, technically, 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 by law, it's not bestiality because bestiality is the violation of the vagina or anus of a living animal. I checked this today. <laughs>
1: uh, when, when says he checked this today. What that means
0: is he went to Dean Close School. <laughs> <laughs> no, what this means is today I found out that David Cameron <laughs> fucked the head of a dead pig, and I wanted to know if I could technically call him a necrophile bestialist. Yeah, was it? Just and I can't, dead? sadly. It was just the head. Uh, specifically, it was just the head held in place in the crotch of another member of the Piers Gaveston Dining Society.
1: Oh my god! Which, which, which accor- according to some Tory aides, he was never a member of. Like, so yeah, he did right. it and didn't even get in? The fucking Wally. <laughs> um, well, he got in the pig. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know what, I feel like I'm going to be like that. The, the, the guy on uh, Habit Me News for You just occasionally going, allegedly... I'd
0: I'd love to see this come up on Have I Got News for uh, You Actually because uh, Ian Hislop is another member of the Piers Gaveston Dining Society Yes Oh (gasps) my god So let's see how deeply into this private eye goes when its next issue comes out Resign, resign, resign
1: (laughs) I was seeing a post earlier that was just like so if this turns out to be like
0: a fabrication so is it, is it Ashcroft that brought this story oh, out? Yes, Lord Ashcroft. Basically, for foreign listeners and British listeners who apparently don't have the internet, Lord Ashcroft, who is a Tory lord, basically thought he'd bought his way into a cushy government job by donating millions to the Conservative government. He you do. He, yeah, he didn't get that cushy job, so he decided to write a book about David Cameron and all the shit he got up to. Now, we already knew about most of the drugs. Um, we already knew about the terrible stuff of the Bullingdon Society. The big reveal <laughs> was definitely that David Cameron, Prime Minister serving and current Prime Minister of Great Britain <laughs> at university, allegedly inserted... Now, I'm going to say his knob, <laughs> although the allegations are a private part of his anatomy,
2: <laughs>
0: into the mouth of a decapitated pig's head held in the crotch of another member of the Piers Gaveston Dining Society, whilst the rest of the crowd watched, and indeed the event was reputedly photographed. <gasps> and um, has there been any response from number 10? Uh, no, they will not dignify it with a response. I mean, that's not fair. That's
1: not a no. <laughs> if it wasn't so fucking <laughs> not ridiculous, no. they'd
0: have to. They'd make him. So why don't they make him?
1: uh, uh it's just, it's just glorious. I mean, listen. Even I if, think... even if this is not true, and I really want it to be, but if mm. it isn't true,
0: it's still excellent. then
1: that means Ashcroft's going to get into a lot of trouble, and so is the Daily Mail for printing this story. So you know that's <laughs> a win. And if yeah. it is true. Oh my God! I didn't realise it was the Mail that printed it. Yeah,
0: holy. And but. the Express and the Independent and just about everyone yeah, but else. But I think it was the Mail that serialized uh, but not the, the BBC. story, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: yes. But the thing is, <gasps> and, and if it is true, then a Cameron's really going to have to rethink his whole, you know, privacy th- and being a passive society thing.
0: And also, he fucked a pig. <laughs> he, made a, he made a right pig's breakfast out of it. My favourite thing oh. to come out of this was Charlie Brooker yes. who famously wrote an episode of Black Mirror wherein the Prime Minister fucked a pig which is amazing well, for noble reasons, as everyone has said can we not draw this comparison because Charlie Brooker's fictional PM did a great and noble he thing he did, yes he did um, but Charlie Brooker was sitting there going no, I I did not know this is not comes from some advanced knowledge of these events, <laughs> I swear literally- this is this this is weirder for me than it is for you <laughs> And I, I replied to Charlie Brooker on Twitter. I thought, it's weird for you. Can you imagine how weird it was for Cameron watching it when you put that episode out?
1: <laughs> you know, they're on to us. Oh, my exactly. God. He oh, my
0: God. Um, oh, that, he's, a, he's a prophet. He is a prophet. You're Charlie, Charlie Brooker is a psychic. He's a clever man. He's clairvoyant. Clairvoyance. But only in terms of fucking a pig's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was accused of this on Twitter and he said, but all of my predictions are so horrible. <laughs> yeah, that, that uh, hopefully... he's like a proper doomsaying prophet there. Hopefully life doesn't fully mirror Black
1: Mirror because God, I hope we not. would be in trouble. Never watched it. Oh, mate, it's like the Twilight Zone. Does it have a happy ending? They're different each time. Okay. Do they have happy endings? And no. none of them have happy endings. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your answer there uh, Well. Mm, Does it, it have good. a happy ending? Not even I'm just one. trying to think
0: if there is one. No, there isn't one with oh. a happy ending. Oh. oh, great show. I don't think that's the point of Black Mirror, really. Great show. Check oh. it out. It is a brilliant show.
1: There you go. That's our TV recommendation of the week. Watch Absolutely. A yeah. Watch a man go balls deep in a squealing
0: hog. Well, and also watch the new series of Doctor Who. Also, yes. just to quickly put in that Black Mirror has recently become a Netflix show as well. Ooh. So, yes, you can actually just go and watch this episode with The Pig right now. So many hits. <laughs> so many hits tonight. That, yeah. Oh my God. But yes, you mentioned something else. Yes, The Magician's Apprentice, (laughs) the first episode of the new series of Doctor Who, debuted over the weekend, and Michelle Gomez is a fucking treasure. Absolutely. (laughs) Now, uh, I'm going to state this uh, for anyone listening, and that also includes anyone in the room, that um, we're going to... uh, I would like to talk about this properly. Right. Now, if if anyone wants a no-spoiler thing, then I will hold off, but otherwise... I'm just going to go. Well, the listeners don't really get a vote because uh, <laughs> I I they can't tell us. I was just talking general consensus of uh, other people.
3: If listeners, haven't, hit listeners uh, haven't seen the episode yet, stop now and come back when you've seen the episode.
0: Yes. Yeah, it works because you should go and watch it because it's great. Because Michelle Gomez. I watched the first two minutes of it. Yeah. I thought it were right good. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I came in through the front door, and literally the first thing I said was, "I don't care if you don't like watching Doctor Who. You need to watch like the very beginning of this episode at least. Like that setup is perfect." Um, I was sat there thinking to myself as it was on. I was like, "Oh, this like it's it's gone proper old school. Like the smoke blowing across the screen, and you know, <laughs> there's a war going on where there's like a mixture of different technologies because the war's been raging it's, it's that very, long. It's very war games." It is very well. I knew a do- who thing. It's more Genesis of the Daleks, though, man. It's like it screams it. And I thought, this is odd. But then it turns out that this is an episode that is bookending from the other end Genesis of the Daleks. And it's crazy good. It's also my first. And the design aesthetic throughout was so classic, mm. who? It is unbelievably cool. Um,. That reveal at the beginning I'm just gonna say it, like there's the kid obviously surrounded by hand mines, and the doctor throws the sonic screwdriver so they can talk and so he can help him, and then he asks his name, and his name is Davros, and he's a boy. And the way they cut that back to Tom Baker's musing mm-hmm. on on the chance to kill you know your enemy as a child, mm-hmm. and done. Uh, this is, this is this done. my first
1: time seeing Capaldi's Doctor. Like I said, only until I was first, up till the you know the credits started, um, and I've got to say, he's a very Tom Bakery Doctor.
0: Oh, oh, hugely! Yeah, oh, yeah. you have no idea. He channels Tom Baker that, that the voice. way he walks, the way he talks. It's yeah. There's so when the way he, he turns it off and, and on, it's everything. He turns it off and on. There are some yeah. times when he's more Baker than others, mm-hmm. but you can see. And it's not just Baker. There's a few other old doctors that he sort of just brings in because you can tell this is a guy who grew up watching it and knows that all those people are in him. Yes, yeah. he is. In fact, in this episode, he actually uh, makes reference to like a time where he he wore like a long scarf, and the way he says it, you watch his face become Tom Baker. <laughs> I'm not even joking. It's uh, there's an episode in the last season where they're on a train. Yes, um, oh, God. and. Just the way he walks back and forth to sort of test the gravity yeah. is Tom Baker in Personified. It's wonderful. That was also the episode where he had a cigarette case. And when he went to open it, there were jelly babies inside. <gasps> yeah, So he opened it. You're like, oh, my God, the good doctor's going to offer someone a cigarette. This is a family entertainment show. How dare you? And then there's jelly babies. And it was a classic sort of Hammer horror style story, much in the vein of the Tom Baker stories. So I think that one was just a nod to the Fourth Doctor.
1: Oh, oh, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, and then when the camera pan down, there was a hand there, and I was like, nope, no, 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 no. It's such a good line. Like, <laughs> have you ever seen a hand mine before? And he just looks down and a it's point, and I was like, oh. and it's on his leg. I was like, oh god. Well, this thing is like. I, um, better better than a ham Mine uh, right? uh, Anyway um, <laughs> oh, God. I think it's like When I, when I, when I looked at him I was like uh, No, 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 no I, I'm it, That's No And then when he turned around I saw the eye I was like uh, For a moment Slightly disappointed but, I don't know That makes him seem Slightly less creepy All of a sudden And then I was like Fuck they look A little bit Daleky mm-hmm. That that eye And then all the, mm-hmm. sort of the, the, the Stuff all branching out and the, the way they had their, The fingers also sort of Look a little bit Tentacly and whatnot. It just Maybe re- just suddenly reminded me of the, when they open up the Daleks, there's a little blue dude in there with the eyeball. Yes. This is the, very, this is the non-Who fan. Mm. No, I know <laughs> what you mean. Um, and then when he said uh, Davros, I was like, I don't know, maybe that'll tie together. I don't fucking know. But I was like, I was up and down and scared. I it got a scapegoat. <laughs> <open. laughs> yeah.
0: It is. It's a good episode. It is. And you know what? I'm, I'm kind of hoping. I'm kind of hoping this is the last time we ever see Davros. Because I think this has basically come round full circle and I'm kind of hoping that this is like a swan song of his and literally he's just out to get the Doctor before... Have we ever seen before Davros' first meeting with the Doctor? Yeah,
1: Genesis. That was them when they first met.
0: The first time they ever met was Janice. No. Well, I think technically on Saturday we saw the first yeah. well, Yes, yes, technically. That's I
1: mean. <laughs> what I mean. So, but they never met before that, as far as we knew at the time. Yeah, they
0: didn't know each other. They didn't know each, they each didn't other. They didn't know each other. at the Janice. And even after this one, you can say that the Doctor went on with just a little bit of doubt in his mind that that was the Davros. Uh... Mm. Yeah, it, it appears that Davros has got nothing to lose. <coughs> uh, and I my, my concern is that this is Doctor Who, and especially New Who, is the era of the reset, and they're going to have to reset part of this episode. Which I'm hoping is part of it, because my theory... Right. Moffat likes doing this thing, he likes doing this thing where you'll have – it's happened to Clara so many times. It's happened to Rory a whole bunch of times as well in Matt Smith's era. Basically, he likes killing people and then instantly bringing them back in the same episode. Now, time travel show, fine. But there, get, there comes a point where you're like, are you actually doing a thing? Now, my theory is because this is going to be Clara's last season – that hopefully what they're going with this is that Clara, essentially with her whole impossible girl thing, they're going with, this is the girl that the Doctor is never going to be able to save. And she's just going to keep dying uh, in different situations like this until he's going to realise this
1: and it's going to suck. But I, th- I hope that's the way they take her out, personally.
0: I have this weird, weird... Um... Head cannon that just spawned on seeing the collection of Daleks that they had in that <gasps> special weapons, Dalek. Specifically, the abomination. Yes. yes. He was key to this spin off in my head. Was what if there is a reset, but it bifurcates time and there is suddenly a bubble in which these Daleks exist in a universe Davros never did? Yeah, well, I mean, they detach themselves from their history and their purpose, but also Clara is there. Yes. Um, and what happens is the Daleks go insane, and they do what they do. They put her in a shell, and this becomes the asylum. Yes. You know, that's that's a good theory. I hadn't thought of that. That's very cool. Um, what I like, though, is that I'm hoping, like you say, that these Daleks are obviously, like, separate Daleks in a different timeline or whatever, because not only is Special Weapons Dalek there, but there is the Cult of Skaro in there as well, which was, like... Dalek Sek I think he was called is the Black Dalek From yeah. Season 2 um, hmm. that, that later became A human Dalek But we don't talk about that um, it, And I thought You know That is so cool I thought the Kostkara was a really Cool idea anyway The Daleks they um, Was it they, the Daleks With personalities? They're the Daleks With creativity Yes So that you can devise can. Sorry? Khan? It's one of them. Dalek Khan. Dalek Khan, yeah. yes. Although, oddly enough, we visited the planet Khan again this episode as well, which is where Paul McGann... Saw the Sisterhood again. Yep. Saw the Sisterhood again. That was also a Tom Baker episode where they first poked the Brain of Morbius. It's just so fucking cool. Sorry, I'm just going this on. It's really
1: cool and really well linked for, for Who fans.
0: Yeah, man. I would really like us to do another Doctor Who episode soon. We do need to... We will to do. do. Part two who, yes, we should do that. But
1: so that right.
0: is not this episode. Not this episode at no. all. Let's go.
3: Well, also, I was I was getting confused with the thing of Didn't the Doctor remove himself from the Dalek mind frame, though?
0: He did, then they that remembered. Was,
3: how did they remember?
0: Could the you really forget the doctor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, um I believe they explained <laughs> it, but I can't. The, the Dalek. I, they may have explained it, but even if they didn't, it works for me because Davros is independent of the Dalek m- hive mind true. and also has oversight into the Dalek hive mind. So he just puts the Doctor back. Mm-hmm. I suppose, yes. So the, 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 uh, Davros is not going to forget the Doctor <laughs> for many, many reasons. No matter so, how much he tries. I'm the, series about the uh, London episode with um, Churchill. Yeah. That's when they start, they remember the Doctor. No, but that was the beginning of Matt Smith's era. He erased them from their memories from series six on. Yeah, it's it's, uh, Asylum of the Daleks. But anyway, it's really good. And in my opinion, the strongest episode of Capaldi's Run as the Doctor so far. Um, I, I agree. And really just a fucking amazing return. I mean, we haven't even got to talking about, obviously, Michelle Gomez as, you know, the master, Missy. Like, she's incredible. She t- However, up. there's a wonderful segment uh, segue available here. Go ahead. How did Missy introduce herself? Um, with eight snipers trained on her song. I was thinking more of Hey Mickey lyrics, specifically You So Fine You Blow My Mind, oh, and yeah. speaking of blowing minds... That's,
1: hey, Mickey. That's, a, that's a much better segue than I had planned, because I thought we were doing the Mad Max episode today. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a really bad segue. Well, no, yeah, I could, I, I could still segue into Mad Max if you like. We could always segue <laughs> into Mad Max, and it okay. would be welcome. What day are we recording this on? It is the 21st of September 2015. It is. It is, in fact, the 21st night of September. Baria, say do you remember, baria, dancing in September. That is a song by a band called Earth, Wind and Fire. This is a terrible song. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Now, <laughs> which, of the, which of the four classic Greek elements is missing from Earth, Wind and Fire? Earth, Wind, Fire, water. Ice, Water. Water, yeah. Do you know why they've left out water? Why? Because you don't want to get addicted to water because that shit will uh, take hold of you and you will resent its absence. This has been laboured. <laughs> there you go. So,
0: so, uh, Wickdiv. Yes, oh. the Wicked and the Divine. <laughs> I just remembered something else. I'm really sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind? It'd be really quick, I promise. No, you go. Um, last week I was just hanging around um, around uh, here where Skip. Jack lives. Um... Yeah, a skip. Um, and I was like, Oh, mate, I've got you a present. Um. But I I forgot to actually put it in my bag. Oh, yeah. Do you mind? I'm going to give Jack a surprise present. Oh, no, this is great. And then he can have his, like, sort of first time reaction. I'm. Right now, (laughs) if I've forgotten it again. I can't remember (laughs) if I put it in my bag or not. Oh, shit. Let's see. I'm worried. No, 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 no. Don't be worried. Don't be worried. Sorry. Fill the air. Fill the air. This is great.
1: Uh, I I think we should fill the air with baited anticipation. Hang on. Yeah. Oh, you're giving me your jacket. No, it's not my jacket. Right. (laughs) Close your eyes. (laughs) All right. You're gonna close your eyes. This is terrible You're radio. Punch me in the dick. Terrible aren't
0: you? radio. Okay, three, this is two, one, really, go. Really bad radio. Oh, open my eyes. Yes.
1: Oh! <laughs> woo. Yeah. I got a flag. Yeah, man.
0: Would you like to expand on this idea? Yes. Uh, Rob-
1: essentially, oh, go ahead. You explain. Rob's giving me a tiny little Japanese flag. Oh. I'm going to take this on holiday with me.
0: Yes, that was the idea. I want to make you look like a horrific tourist. (laughs) 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 Ah! He's got like this miniature, like... What, it's like 30 centimetres or something? It's quite a small flag. But I stole it from work. Oh. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And then confess to that on the radio. Yeah, Yeah, well, I mean, it's... It's, it's, uh, it's, you know... I I, I did say I didn't buy you a present. I said I got you a present. Yes, (laughs) they (laughs) did.
1: That is accurate. That
0: is a It is the thought that counts. As Absolutely. They say. It's really nice fabric. It actually. is nice fabric. It's very soft it? and very thick. I thought you might like one, it's so I took it. Thin. Yes, it is.
1: Anyway, I Sorry. Feel like, I feel like I should be sort of waving in a tiny, tiny little kayan tie. A little bit of 90s wrestling uh, referencing there. How do we segue back to what we were talking about? Um... Do you know who the head of the Japanese pantheon of Shinto gods is? No. Amaterasu. There he goes. We'll uh, segue back into Wigdiv. Dude, you bossed that. that. Nice easy segue. You bossed that. Like, you should have done that the first time. <laughs> I didn't have the pissing flag <laughs> the first time. So, <laughs> wait, you not without me. Yes. You need me.
0: Continue. So, back in the 90s, there was a musical movement called Britpop. <laughs> Tell us more and- about this. Britpop. I just snoyed tea. (laughs) (laughs) That was really funny. Britpop. Continue. Britpop. (laughs) Probably best remembered, or most frequently remembered, for, say, the Blur Oasis uh, simultaneous single release and their war for popularity. But there were a lot of bands that made up Britpop. Many much smaller and less well-remembered bands. Knicky. But for Knicky. Uh, Definitely one of the big ones on the list, especially for Kieran Gillen, which is going to be appropriate tonight. Elastica, definitely on the list. It it was a movement. It was a a, a brief revival of the British cool in music, and it was a wave that we were going to ride for a whole two or three years. Fuck, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. And... Some ten years after that uh, came a little comic called Phonogram, which was a little black-and-white book, indie press, by a former music and video games journalist, Kieran Gillen, and a man who came late to professional art, uh, Jamie McKelvey, who hadn't really grown up on comics but was introduced to them fairly late in life and decided he wanted to draw them. Fair enough. Uh, Kieran and Jamie met at um, an expo and were thrown together and drew Phonogram, which was a small book about uh, a world in which magic was used as an offering or a channel for magic and different types. Well, music was a goddess, but she appeared in many aspects, and different genres of music were different aspects of the goddess. And Rue Britannia um, followed the the aspect of the goddess known as Britannia, who had first occurred in the 1960s in the heart of Beatlemania and was huge and a very powerful goddess, but had lapsed. And this was about her reinvocation in Britpop, which was a, a sort of a forced invocation by um I forget the specific name of Necromancers of Music. I want to say Discomancers, um, but that's not right.
1: Oh, 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 oh! I should know this one. Um, was it Phonomancers? No, it was. It, uh, it, I think you just said Necromancers, but I thought, oh, hang on. Keep, keep talking. I will. Uh, I've got a copy of. Phon- but anyway, my hand.
0: <clears throat> awesome. Uh, but anyway, they they revived Britannia in this weak, uh, imperfect form, and the the book follows her revival and her death, and it's a sort of analogue for that weird era of Britpop. And because it was so very British and so very particular to the mid-90s, it was not what you'd call a wildly successful book, but it was very popular amongst its followers. And it was followed by a second book, The Singles Club, which was more of the same, but this time in colour, because it had a slightly higher budget, and followed a single club night from the perspective of different people at that club. A lot of people who are familiar from the cast of Rue Britannia, the same coven of phonomancers from the first book.
1: And I found out then that it, it, sort it of, was, in fact,
0: Retromancer. Retromancer, that's it. Yes, that so the, good the good necromancer football. of music. Yep. And uh, then they sort of stopped doing Phonogram. By the way, they've, they've started again 10 years later. Uh, phonogram Volume 3 is finally underway, and you can pick that up as well. But they stopped because Kieran Gillen, the writer, had uh, what was a very shitty year in his life, lost his father, and a lot of things happened, and it left him contemplating things in a very uh, dark way that left him not wanting to write Phonogram. What came out of it was the idea for something less cynical, something more brightly coloured, something for, and I quote Kieran here, people whose heroes were not Batman but Bowie. Mm, Uh, Something in which the characters are not superheroes, they just act like them because we all know a pop star who saved our lives. Uh, A book that isn't doing the cynical celebrity as hero thing where we condemn them for doing a bit of cocaine, but we sort of celebrate them completely non-cynically as heroes. And because Music as Magic had been working for them for a few years, they kept that. (laughs) And The Wicked and the Divine was born.
1: And it is awesome.
0: It is. is the I would say, because I've only recently started reading these, um, I finished uh, Volume 2 last night. Um, It has such a powerful voice. Like anything that i've read in a very long time it's it's really special it's really powerful stuff it grabs you after one issue i remember very distinctly because i've read this one as singles rather than trades how i felt just at the end of the first issue which it sets things up nicely but doesn't get very deep into the plot at all no
1: alex don't skip to the back
0: and you just sit there and go (laughs) fuck i want more of this and i don't know what this is yet but I want more. I don't know what it is, but I want more of it in me now. So, I mean, I did the sort of the run up too. Does anyone want to do the premise of Wikdiv? Every without cycle, being too spoilery. Yet.
1: Every cycle of is it seventy years? Is it eighty years?
0: It is a number of years that is fairly loosely defined. Yeah,
1: but every cycle, uh, the gods of myth and legend and religion and whatnot. Are uh, born onto Earth in the bodies of teenagers, and they are. What was it they, they walk the Earth for two years with their godly powers, bringing music and miracles uh, to the lives of people around the world, and then in two
0: years they will be dead. That that is yeah. That's basically <laughs> the premise. Yeah, there you go. It's a dozen gods, a pantheon of twelve. Yep selected from all across myth and religion. So there's Shinto, Shinto gods there, there's Roman Catholic gods there, there's Norse gods there. There's It really is drawing from a lot of, uh, a broad scope R- of possibility. Roman Catholic gods? <clears throat> Lucifer?
1: Well, yeah, I guess, uh, like, I'm trying to think what the, 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 yeah, I guess gods is, like, the only term that,
0: yeah. All right, no, yeah, fair enough. They are the gods. Yeah. In, in in Wicked and the Divine, so Lucifer is amongst the gods yep. in Wickdiv. And yes, they, they come and they create, basically it's a period of inspiration and cultural revolution. So the New Romantic poets were the gods, the jazz musicians were the gods, and now Kanye, Rihanna, they're the gods. You're huge Duff international punk. pop stars, Duff Punk. Oh, oh, Woden! Oh dear! Oh, dear. <laughs>
1: I like Woden. I like Woden a lot. Yeah.
0: Have you read His issue fourteen? Yeah.
1: No, no, no. I've, I've only I've only read the the trades. So I've only read it to the end. Of
0: right. The we won't sp- spoil it, but they've done Woden's issue, and oh god, he's not a problematic fave. He's just shit. <laughs> he's <laughs> just. A lot he's know. just a bust. He's not. He's Explodes not my fave. It's worth, it's worth pointing out. W- Woden is not my fave. No. Mm. I mean, Wait, right, Woden is... We're, we're jumping way ahead. Yeah, sorry. Woden yeah. is a brilliant character, compellingly written, but, oh, he's a shit. Oh, God, yeah. So, anyway... <laughs> Wait, which one's Woden? Uh, the death Punk one, the one with the helmet. With the shrine, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. I'm glad I... Re- yeah. Because yep. we're going to get into spoiler territory for these books, but only for the first two trade paperbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I believe we've all read the first two trades, yeah? Yep. Yes. Uh, so, not, nothing beyond the... Uh, <laughs> The climactic uh, ending uh, of Trade Paperback Two. Yeah, um, but to yeah, wind, just wind got that, that, back that back to the beginning, beginning <laughs> I know, and I saw the Skype message as she got there. <laughs> I love people's reactions to issue two. There's just so much. I'm just going to sit down and read the second of Trade. Oh, this is really good. Well, I was what st- the fuck just happened? <laughs> I was still thinking about it at work today, and I, that's when I was talking to you on Facebook, Simon. I was like, I, I was still in shock. I was like, what the f- Fuck! (laughs) Well, right. This is my... We're going to get spoilery. Yes. But before we get deeply spoilery, the book is about a bunch of teenagers, or, well, young people, because at least one of the gods who's incarnated is incarnated into someone in their very early 20s. Yes. Yes.
1: And uh, how old would you say... um, um, Oh, who is it? Is it Athena? Minerva. Minerva, Minerva. she's 12. Yeah.
0: She's 12. 12. It's stated in the text oh, okay. that she's going to be dead before her 14th birthday. Yeah. Yeah. So before 14, so... Well, yeah, so she's technically 11. There, there you go. Um, yeah, she's 11 or 12, and yeah, she's not going to live to see adulthood. So we have a range of, I think it's 12 to 22 is the range of ages yeah. of the gods.
1: Young people, yeah,
0: you yeah. Young people, certainly, and um, none of them are going to live... Let's just get that out of the way. This was pitched as a 36 to 40 issue book. Now, if you know that these books come monthly and you know how many months there are in a year, that's more than two years of storyline. And the whole point is they die in two years. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. I hadn't thought of that. None of them are going to live. So why are we affected quite so badly when they die? It's because Kieran is a bastard. He's a monster. <laughs>
3: it's like we know they're going to die We don't know how they're going to die
1: And we didn't know they were going to die quite yet As well, long he doesn't touch Baphomet I'll be fine
0: Yes. None of them are going to die oh, Baphomet, not going to do, will. he's not going to do well for himself You can tell Shut up He's a <laughs> snubble <laughs> He's so, you. so at the very start of the book We actually flash back to the 1920s And what we see is the end Of the last pantheon Oh Which, for me, is hugely significant. Mm. We see four of the gods of the 1920s sat around a large round table accompanied by skulls signifying the eight missing gods of the 1920s pantheon. Mm. And they are joined by Ananki, who is an old woman. Uh, In in the appearance of her sort of late 90s, but a good late 90s is how she's described in the script. You know, as good as she can be for the age, able to walk unassisted, um, but fragile. And the thing is, she simply brings the four surviving gods of that era, who are Susanna Woe, Baal, Minerva, and Amaterasu. One of the Baals. One of the Baals, we're not sure which. To an agreement that there shall be no further gospel. And then, on the count of one, two, three, four, they click their fingers and explode.
3: Like <laughs> literally,
0: kaboom! Yep, kaboom! Flaming wreckage and debris, and Anki walks away. <laughs> Cut to the modern day, twenty fourteen, with the modern pantheon. Yes, yeah. Uh, with Laura, a young girl from Broccoli in South London, on her way to an Amaterasu concert. Uh, where she meets Lucifer backstage is introduced to Sakamet, and the whole thing just picks up pace from there but what 's interesting what 's really significant is uh, i 've been lucky enough to go and see Kieran talk about these books at a few events in London because he 's a native here, and one thing he 's made clear recently is this is a book designed to be reread. He loves the watchman, and uh, he, he you know he loves layering text. And it's occurred to me now that we're over a year into the narrative that at no point is it said that the gods live for two years once they are incarnated. Mm -hmm. It is only ever said in two years they will be dead. That is true. And we have never seen a god die of any sort of, in inverted commas, natural causes. What we've seen is the last four gods of the last pantheon dying of a suicide pact. We don't know how long they would have lived if they hadn't done that. Yeah. Because a is still kicking around and looking exactly the same as she did in the 1920s. She's got wicked mask game. Yeah, oh, she does. Got she her. Masks. Absolutely. Yeah. Her her costumery uh, is is inspired by uh, Alexander McQueen and by you know other sort of leading designers. Uh, a lot of the fashion in this is uh, the costumes. The costume design in this are, are stunning. Yeah. Jamie McKelvey. For reference, designed the new Ms. Marvel, the new Captain Marvel, uh, designed all the Young Avengers. You know, costume design and character design is his thing, mm. so this book is an absolute fucking showpiece for that. Yeah, it's really uh, all of their character designs are incredibly evocative, like, and they all scream. You d- you literally can just look at them and sort of already know what they're all about. Uh, yeah. and that's a really that just shows. Like good storytelling and good art. And and one of the really...
3: You can look at them and go, right, that's who that's based on, that's who that's based on, that's who that's based on. So well done.
0: Yes, and one of the the beautifully subtle things is like, Lucifer, uh, a big fan favourite in the first trade paperback, less so in the second. (laughs) Um, She has a very classic look. She has bleached hair with a black stripe in and a white suit. Uh, but throughout the first six books, she wears four different white suits.
2: Huh.
0: Uh, and it's such a you subtle detail, a lot never, of people overlook yeah, it.
3: I never realised that.
0: But if you look carefully, the styling is just subtly different. It's She always wears a white suit, but she has many white it's suits. It's never the same one. Ah, that's cool. I didn't even... Yeah, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, um, this is where it's going to start getting spoilery, I think, because we're going to dig into narrative. Yeah. Cool. So anyone who's one. spoiled, stop. Have the Daily Mail been lying to me? (laughs) Anyone want to jump in on issue one? Um, Where does this plot begin? Well,
1: where where does the plot begin? Uh, I mean,
0: so we've got a fangirl. Who I know, who who, if it is going to be made into a TV show, which I believe it is. Yep. I know who should play her. Yeah. There is... um, a TV show on a little while back. I, it was okay. The bits of it were cool, bits I didn't like, but there was a show called Misfits, right?
3: Oh, Misfits, yeah.
0: One of the main characters, the girl with the curly hair. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Her. I'll, I'll try The problem with that casting is that, yes, this, this comic book has indeed been optioned for a television series. It's been optioned by the TV company set up to adapt um, Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick's work. Uh, and they are, you know, the driving creative influences behind the studio. Mm. They are not British. Uh, and uh, it's been said by Kieran and Jamie that rather than see an American company with American creatives try and make a London story, yeah. they should make an adaptation. That would be kind of cool. The London interpretation of WICDIV exists. What's the LA version of Wickdiv look like?
1: Oh. ooh. Oh.
0: Or the New York. Cuz you talk about celebrity culture. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like it. I like that. So the TV show might bear sort of conceptual similarities to the book. But But different. might be in the detail quite different. But yes, we have this fangirl Sorry, oh, yes, from <laughs> South London. Um, um in uh, interesting character um more interesting is the fact she has a sister that you never see again. Does she? Huh. Yeah, issue, issue one. I, she's got a sibling sitting in the so uh, on uh, in the living room with her
1: again. Huh. Never. <laughs> Let's go back and re read volume one.
0: Like I said, it's a book designed to be reread. Yeah. Mm. Mm.
1: Well, that, might,
3: that might come up later, though. For we know, it might. Mm. Mm.
0: It it really might after reading the last issue. Really might <laughs> after um, one... Yeah, yes, we're...
1: yes, oh my god. And she meets <laughs> the gods backstage, so
0: should we, should we, go, should we go through the gods? <clears throat> yes, okay, the, the modern pantheon. Because at the time that Wickdiv starts, not all of the modern pantheon have been revealed. Yeah. So the first god we meet is Amaterasu on stage, doing her thing. Who is
1: uh, Florence of Florence and the Machine, is that right? Basically, yeah. yeah.
0: That's a that's a big influence right It's a there. sort of very hippie, uh, white and red... Lots of bright colours. Flower brightly coloured facial makeup, flower crowns, Hippie sun god, very positive, and very cheerful character.
3: Deep soulless eyes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you've got uh, Baal It's Bal. Hamon. Kanye. <laughs> is it? It's Bal. Bal is
0: Kanye It's
3: ha- it's Hamon. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not Balzebal yeah. or anything like that. No, 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 it's it's Baal Hamon, no, Hamon. Hamon, who is the god of thunder, I believe. Yes. Yes. Uh, who is? <laughs> Unless he's lying. Sorry. Unless he's lying, but that's a, a recent fan theory. Oh, okay, cool. Um
1: who is yeah, he's kind he is he is all about uh that attitude about about um self loving on on the surface, I mean.
3: So much so that one of his costumes is an orange suit, which was based exactly on one of orange suits.
1: I, I love I love the triptych he has. I love the the, the, the giant painting. Yeah. That they it, got yeah, the huge
0: <laughs> mural in his home of him surrounded by adoring worshippers, bathed in a golden light, and as he tells Cassandra and Laura, when you're me, this is humble.
3: Yeah. Cassandra goes, wow, you're so humble.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was the moment I realised Baal was probably going to be my favourite. <laughs> Baal is pretty super amazing. Baal, Baal is one of my favourites, but I think he, he he is slightly behind Laura's reactions to Baal. <laughs> 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 Where she'll say something and then in her mind be like, God, I really hope he's not the killer.
3: That's it. Yep.
1: Sandra goes, don't you think it's a little
3: egotistical? Please, when you're good as I am, this is humble.
1: Um, you've also got um, Voden. Voden or Odin, or Votan, or however you want to pronounce him, who is um, you know Norse Norse god of uh, magic and mystery and
0: storytelling and and that sort of stuff. Uh, and all I'll say on that one because I don't want to spoil you guys who haven't read the yep, latest issue. But Votan is basically but, it's, it's is uh, an amalgamation of both members of Daft Punk in terms of appearance. Or is he? Or is he just one of the members of Daft Punk? Oh. oh. Huh? But anyway, that's for issue 14. God damn it,
1: man. God damn it. <laughs> um, who else have you got to begin with? You've got we've got Minerva, Minerva. Who is like she's got kind of like a um uh, what's it called? A Sergeant Pepper thing going on with the costume.
0: Yeah, but as a preteen. Yes. And she has a robot owl. Which I really I like that owl. Yes, that was like, really cool. I like that owl. As Lucifer, of yeah, course. Serious John Lennon glasses and uh, Sergeant Pepper style for yep. Minnie. Uh Lucifer. Bowie, yeah, it's just thin Bowie white with Duchess. Yeah, there's no question there. Uh, equally, Sakamet is just Rihanna. Yeah,
3: yeah. yes, like not, um, not even a little bit, like completely.
0: And yeah, except she's Rihanna. If if Rihanna was obsessed with laser dots and cannibalism, because she's a cat. But he's cannibalism. <laughs> I could eat them.
1: Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is something
0: she offers as a solution to a problem. Yeah.
1: Uh, let me just get the the book out and see if I am missing
0: anyone to begin with. Well, we haven't uh, touched on Inanna yet. Inanna? Here's Prince, Prince, Purple Rain.
1: Oh, Ring. I, was, I was just going through the ones right at the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, in which case... Uh, uh, you got Baphomet and...
0: Uh, Baphomet and the Morrigan and the, Morrigan. Are the, uh, the other big reveals early on. Yeah, well, I was going to say, Morrigan's in the, the book
1: to begin with. Baphomet's one of the ones that gets uh, revealed. Uh, well, Baphomet is revealed before the Morrigan. Yeah. No, no, I'm, just, I'm just going about like, You know, when the symbols all light up in the book, when, when yes. you oh, right. And then Baphomet turns up in his issue. But I'm going, like, really. Let's just, get, let's just go through the gods. Um, the King and Queen of the Underground. So, I mean appearance what Morrigan's a confusing one to talk about appearance-wise. Because <laughs> there's three of there them. there are three of them. Yeah.
0: Well, it's the three aspects of the Morrigan. Yeah. There's Gentle Annie, Bad B, and I have forgotten the third aspect of the Morrigan.
1: Oh, um, oh hang on, because, yeah, it's a really
0: weird name. And it's the one that doesn't turn up as much.
1: Is it the, the oldest one?
0: Yeah. Uh... God, what is her other aspect? But anyway, she is a, a tripartite character.
1: Yeah. And is, I mean, appearance-wise... How, what would you... Who,
0: who is Morrigan? Well, I mean they're not all direct analogues, and indeed none of them are direct analogues no, no, no. Analogues, I, mean, really. I just got as like a some kind of pagan influence, mm-hmm. I thought. But, I mean, in, in terms of like pop stars or anything like that, I mean uh one of
1: one of them, uh I forget which one it was, but one of them really reminded me in terms of appearance of um you all remember a name, Simon, um, from Chappie.
0: Oh, um Yolandi Vassero. Yeah.
1: With like the, the interesting, really high- she's not as blonde, yeah. but like the sort of the high forehead, the sort of um, the, the hair shaved in that particular way,
2: hmm. um,
1: the really sort of severe makeup where it's all sort of like really paled out, and then around the eyes, and then all the piercings and stuff. Oh, the third aspect is simply Morrigan, of course. It yes, is. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, and also, you've got Baphomet, who is sort of shock rock, um, sort of theatrics, oh. and you've got your sort of. In terms of appearance, it's very sort of, I don't know, James Dean?
0: Ah, oh, no, there was someone that they were specifically riffing on, but I've forgotten his name. Is it? Um, I don't know. But anyway, uh, there was something being riffed on there, yeah. uh, and I forget it's who. It's sort of theatrical, you know, grease, paint, blood, and smoke and mirrors rock. Sort of, you add- Well, I mean, his first appearance is using magical fire to illuminate an underground tunnel as he steps forward, uh, shirtless in a leather jacket, holding high what is claimed to be the decapitated head of the Morrigan, yeah. which is the page we have open now. Yep, which is a hell of an entrance. Yes,
1: <laughs> so it, it, it's that kind of that kind of Howard Stern rock. He's um, one of my favorites. Batman is awesome. And once you start getting into it, it is a very interesting character when you sort of see his personality playing yeah. out. He is a scared little boy. He is actually really frightened, isn't he? Or is he? Oh, that's mm. what you can say after every description of every character in this fucking comic book is.
0: <laughs> or are they? He's not going to do well for himself. He's he's uh, I think he's too loud. And I don't I think he won't be loud very long, put it that way. Well, the, the I, Mm. it's so difficult to enter into this conversation knowing you haven't read the most recent three <laughs> no. issues. No, we're going to make this difficult for you. But yes, uh, Baphomet is an interesting one because he he is, above all of the characters, obsessed with something called the Prometheus Gambit, which we'll get to, but we oh. haven't quite he finished is also, the rundown of the is gods my favorite. yet. Uh. He's
1: also sort of one of the odd one-outs in this because of Baphomet as... in terms of mythology and religion and whatnot is that Baphomet was never specifically a god of a particular culture. No. No? Ba- well, Baphomet is basically when, when the Knights Templar were taken in and basically when, when the Knights Templar were getting too powerful... And they were also taken in for heresy and they were told that they were like sodomizing each other in front of the cross and all that sort of so, stuff.
0: So qu- actually quite late on in terms of like mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things like
1: that. Um, Yes. Okay. Oh, yes. One of, one of the right. things that was laid at their, their feet was that they had uh, created a graven image and were, were worshipping a demonic deity called uh, Baphomet. Well, specifically, they'd said that they had been worshipping a demonic deity... Mm. And they, they demanded that they announce what it was, and people under torture pronounced, you know, came up with all these different weird pronunciations. And one of the theories, I don't know how sort of well accepted this is now, whether it's actually like now accepted as fact, is that it's supposed to be Muhammad, but pronounced, you know,
0: oh,
1: you know, just differently well, through people only hearing it from like a third source. And they it, were fighting in the Holy Land, yeah, the yeah, yeah, they might
0: have converted. And he was the ram's head, wasn't he?
1: Well, that sort of came a little bit late. Like, some people came up with this, you know, they said, draw your, your god, or whatever it was, so, as part of the, the, um, the, the torture and everything. And some of them came or up the with this. Or the weekly competition. But, yeah, of the goat's head. <laughs> and that, that kind of got picked up with uh, Crowley in the sort of late 19, 30, 20th century stuff. Hmm. Uh, I know Levayan Satanism in the 60s picked it up as well. Um, using Baphomet as their symbol, but it's not like a, as a god. It's like it's just a symbol. So really, that's kind of like he 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 has like the the face, but he yeah. hasn't got like. Well, the last thing is, Baphomet is basically he just, hasn't got it where it counts. Baphomet is essentially just a. <laughs> I realise the term me as an atheist saying he is a made-up god, but in the sense that like yeah. he's never specifically actually been worshipped at, by any particular culture. He was a scapegoat.
0: <laughs> you know, take that turf, what it is. And, and that is a very interesting thing for you to bring up for reasons that we'll get into when we finish the rundown of the pantheon.
1: Yeah, so there's that. There's
0: and we'll, we'll back to there's that. Boy Bafferty oh. is one of my favourite characters because he is
1: very much an odd one out in terms of the rest oh. of the gods. Oh. Okay. Um, even taking into account like Baal, who is, who is one of me because Baal is just, like, it's an, uh, I forget what culture it was, it's pre-Judeo-Christian culture in the sort of uh, Middle East, but Baal means lord. Okay. So you had Baalzebul which is lord of all. Oh, sweet. Re- and which became Beelzebul, which yeah. became a demon because once once, once your once your religion sort of falls out of favor all your gods become demons. That's basically what you need to <laughs> learn about like religious theo- theology. <laughs> um, historical theology rather. Um so you've got Balhamon, Baalzebul. There's there's a whole lot of baals out there. Oh
0: man, that makes so much more sense now as well because I'll be honest like there are a few that were completely lost on me like mm. reading it and I I thought I knew a fair bit about mythology but And it's why Baal defense's reputation with I'm not that Baal. Yeah, because there's the one that yeah. has,
1: oh okay. There, there's the one in the Bible that is that, that they just call Baal. Yeah. And there's a particular people that worship so they just call him Baal Lord. Yeah. Um, and they were you know they sacrifice babies to him. Oh, yeah. It's the same people yes, worship I, Deagle, I, I do, So that would be the Dagon, yeah. Some people worship Dagon, the fish god. So it's Oh, is that the Babylonians. <laughs> Blessed Dagon, be upon Yes, exactly. Um, fuck, I've forgotten who that is. But it it might even been the Persians or the the Babylonians. It's it's around that area ish. I know that's like spanning several thousand years and, and not me from Dagon from fucking Elder Scrolls. Not, <laughs> and no, not Dagon from Cthulhu either. it's a, oh, very, yeah. it's a very popular popular ba- name, popular evil <laughs> god name. Anyway. Yeah. Wow, world one stage one does does historical theology. I like
0: this. It's, it makes it sound really smart. <laughs> it's it's cool, and you know you know one of the things. Sorry, we were talking about the pantheon. I'll talk about this later. Go. <laughs> okay, so we have. Um... Dionysus. Oh god, I love Dionysus. Who is amazing. Yeah.
1: I, I was like a bit confused by Dionysus and was like, well, this is he's pretty cool. This is a pretty cool little story. It was the moment they left the club that made me love Dionysus. Yes. It's like, how do you yeah. how do you come with this? And it's just him taking off a glass and going, also, I don't sleep. Yes. I mean he's oh, basically god.
0: slums Mackenzie. But <laughs> don't he is slums McKenzie <laughs> with running. the possibility. Yeah. He makes me think of tires from space, if you get that. <laughs> You can imagine him just describing- like him dancing to a traffic light. Yeah, <laughs> you know
2: I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, love it. And- but it's interesting because his whole thing is he creates this uh, this consensual hallucination of euphoria in everyone around him. So he is he is the dance floor that walks like a man, as <laughs> his is- house party flyer describes. Him. He is just
1: sort of nineties ecstasy dance yes. in,
0: in, but you down to one person but it clearly takes from him. Yeah. Just as Woden has no power for himself.
1: He can only imbue it in
0: others. Yeah. Yes. Now, and that also we'll be wheeling back around. To. Yeah. There's Tara, and we don't know which Tara. There is a Buddhist Tara, there is a Hindu Tara. We have no idea who this goddess and is. And
1: bear in mind, by the end of Volume 2, I haven't knowingly met Tara. All I know is everyone refers to it, the, the full title as fucking Tara.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And by issue thirteen you'll see why. Oh, is she yeah. not popular? It's It's interesting. I don't want to spoil it, but it's putting the meme fucking Tara in your mind is a trick Kieran has used to make you complicit in the events of her issue. Right. And it's brilliant. Okay, cool. It's painful, it's uncomfortable, and it leaves you feeling a bit creepy, yeah. but it's brilliant. Oh okay. You know, I, I'm um, used to
1: feeling painful and uncomfortable because again, we—I know we skipped over what did we go to the cinema, but I did watch Legend this weekend. Oh shit! Uh, that was a painful, <laughs> uncomfortable movie to watch. Good, I can imagine. In a in, um, no, in a mm, I, mm, we'll have to do it. We'll have to talk about it next time.
0: Okay, yeah. To put it briefly, are you the Guardian two-star review they snuck onto the poster? No, I don't remember that. Are- Oh, they had a poster where it was all their star ratings and um in a column of five star reviews that went behind the heads of the Cray brothers, yeah. they snuck in the two star review because the stars lined up with the reviews above and below them, but the heads blocked it out on either side, ha. so you couldn't tell it was two stars. Huh. It was genius. That is quite clever. Anyway. Yeah,
2: anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> clever graphic uh, graphic design aside. Um Yes, Dionysus has the power to imbue everyone with uh Consensual or awesome euphoria, but it drains him, and Woden can create his Valkyries, his tall Asian women, who are his magical bodyguards. Yeah.
3: Christ, yeah.
0: And right at the end of the second volume, the twelfth member of the pantheon is incarnated, and that is Urda, the Norns, as well. It's it's another three parter, but this time uh, Verdandi and Skuld are the camera the camera the, the camera operates yeah cassandra's crew yep. because yep. Uh, spoiler it's cassandra the the reporter who from the very first issue has been deeply cynical and wanting to tear down these gods as imposters and fakes but we find out later on when she finally gets to interview ananki this stems from her frustration that whenever these gods perform it is hearing the voice of god it is rapturous In the first issue, we see an entire audience pass out from the sheer joy of being in the presence of Amaterasu performing, and Cassandra feels nothing. Yeah, And that leaves her angry, possibly at herself and definitely at the Pantheon. And that fuels her cynical expose reporting desire to take down the pantheon you know we see her immediately in issue one ripping into amaterasu as a cosplayer and a culturally appropriate of one at that yes you know yeah. Um, oh yeah and then she is transformed into Urda, the the prophet the voice of the Norn, the speaker of truth um yeah. I know.
1: We, uh, we didn't. We didn't gloss over gloss over them because you did mention them, and then we were t- going to talk about
0: other ones. But Inanna as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's
1: Probably oh, yeah. my
0: favourite at the moment. Inanna is amazing. Gender fluid. God. Um... Definitely modeled on print, oh, no. There's no question about point, this one.
1: To the point when they when they first appear, it's raining, and when the rain goes past their silhouette, it's purple. It's purple, right. and that was just. <laughs> oh, I love that, and the fact things their like religious that. Religious ceremonies are basically just giant orgies. Because hmm. yeah, I think they really nailed it. Things honestly. like that
0: are rife through this book. The rain never touches Lucifer. Um, equally, norder bullets. Oh yeah. I know it's Amaterasu. The bullets don't touch uh in in the first issue there is uh, there are two machine gunners uh, wearing crucifixes trying to shoot Lucifer and uh the bullets everyone is diving for cover apart from Amaterasu whom the bullets you can see bend around her huh. uh so the these subtle things like the rain and what happens with it, it it's lovely detail fuck i want to play a, a, an rpg of wicked and the divine <laughs> i think no right yeah so do i so i've fast. got the
1: Scion book over there we could do it
0: holy shit <laughs> So, that's the the 12 members of the Pantheon, and it's always 12. We're told it's 12 gods incarnate every Pantheon. 12 Uh of them.
1: 12. 12. 12, 12, 12, Like the numbers on a clock, 12 of them. 12.
0: And then right at the end of the second volume, Persephone, also incarnates.
1: 13. 13 of them. Always 13. Numbers on a clock. Numbers on a
0: clock. Now, this brings us back around, because we know that there are at least two gods in the Pantheon who can imbue power in others. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also know Ananki can transform people She, we see her finding these people and turning them to the gods so what explanation could there be for being 13 gods in a 12 god pantheon well, Baphomet is a fake god huh as you explained, Baphomet is not actually a god of anyone's religion or tradition he's a construction as a scapegoat oh uh! And he's been fed information about the Prometheus Gambit, the belief that if you kill a god, you can take their life and live longer
1: yourself. Take their years away. Um, if anyone's seen the last um, Pirates of the Caribbean movie, it's, it's the whole Fountain of Youth thing. Yeah, You can take someone's years and add them onto
0: your own. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, amongst the gods, that only means two at a time, but still... That's Every true. god you kill you go couldn't be them. effectively your lifespan again. Yeah, you have to 24 years on Oh, it's so cool It is so cool And so, whether we believe Baphomet is a real god, or indeed a fake scapegoat, is a big point of contention right now But they've also taken out Ananki because she's not
1: a god, she is no. She's a, like a primordial fo- Again, but we um, only she, have her words gave, to go by on this that's
3: she, says. Yep. she says she gave up her godhood yeah. yeah.
0: To live forever and bring in the other pantheons. Now, again, everything we know about the nature of the recurrences and what it means to be these gods and their lifespans comes from Ananki, who is clearly fucking evil. Yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> unreliable narrator sort of uh, territory here. Yeah, the only person giving us information about the most important core concepts of this book is the villain. The only person who gives us information is the one who keeps
1: blowing people's fucking heads up.
0: Yep. She is incredibly cool. There's the line where, um, I, th- I think it is Cassandra, it's quite recently that where I've been reading that she says, you know, she's still a cynic at that point and she's like, how do we know that you're immortal? You know, like, well, we wh- could wh- pause how this can you prove you for a few hundred years, my dear? Yeah, you're welcome to p-
1: pause recording for a hundred years, my dear. I'm yeah. like, oh my god, she's so cool. But <laughs> evil. Horrible and evil. But also awesome. But also awesome. <laughs> but is there anyone in this who isn't? Horrible and evil, other than... Yeah, Minerva.
0: So I beat you to that, other than Minerva. (laughs) Laura's (laughs) not. Amaterasu. That's uh, that we know of. Laura is not blameless. Laura is absolutely jealous. Um, She's not evil. No, she's not evil, but she's not good. Her tagline is, I want everything you have. Yeah, Her whole character is driven not by adoration of these gods, but Wanton jealousy. Uh, jealousy. She is ingratiating herself with the pantheon to get close to them because she longs to be a part to of that.
1: It. To that end, you could also argue that Amaterasu is very uninvolved. Is very uh, removed from everything.
0: True, but uh, is apathy in itself a negative? Yeah, fair point. When it can get your head blown up. I guess you don't want to necessarily. <laughs> I think it's these grey areas that make it such a good reader, oh, God, really, yeah. isn't it? But, well, well, Inanna is almost good, but then there is the whole ethical sluts thing that uh, Inanna and Lucifer have. You know, they've got half of the ethical slut thing right. Yeah, but then you—it wasn't well, the ethical part. But then you've got but you know who is
1: just who is just a cinnamon roll, who you know
0: should be protected at all costs. <laughs> well, Tara. I I would give a definitive opinion on Tara, but it's outside of the scope of the first two volumes. That's true.
1: (laughs) And Woden is is already, already from volumes one and two, is just a big bag of cocks.
0: It's a slight spoiler for a moment that we see later, but it's not a huge spoiler. What I will say about Woden is you are of the Pantheon. You will not be loved. You will be hated. You deserve to be hated. Oh. You are living shit. Oh. I really like him. When we see the gods transform, and this is really interesting, actually, we see them fall through this tunnel yes. and land as gods. Yes. Now what's fascinating about that is this is an ascension to godhood that is represented visually as a fall. Yes. Ooh. And I find that I significant. But as it happens, Ananki will speak, and its I think it's the same words each time, yeah. and it is, you are of the Pantheon, you will be loved, you will be hated. Yeah. Uh, but then there's, and then there's
3: very, very... Yeah, it varies after that.
0: From there it varies. Yeah. But Woden's was very specifically, you are of the Pantheon, you will not be loved, you should be hated, you will be hated, you should be hated, you are living shit. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Odin was always a bit of a shit in the uh, in the um, not the Valnir, the um, the Aesir. Hmm.
0: So was he a representation did we do did we cover him?
1: Yeah. Oh yes we oh, did. No, yes. sorry, um, I apologize. Yeah. Yes, but I, I mean, forgot also, briefly. <laughs> I'm, trying to think, I'm, I'm trying to wonder where parallels might be drawn with the Odin from religion who got his power or most of his powers, who gained power over others by giving parts of himself up.
0: Yes, and he covers that. Um, in the second volume, there is um, fand- uh, Pandemonium, uh, the Pantheon uh, conference at the Excel Centre in London. Uh, so <laughs> I cool. love looking at that going, I know that place! <laughs> yep. um, indeed, the, the karaoke room that uh, Baphomet drags Laura into to witness Manur- uh, Morrigan singing Angry Karaoke is a genuine karaoke room under a restaurant outside Excel. Yay. And, um, yeah, so at the Excel Center, which Fox is a genuine conference it? center in London. Hmm? the Fox at Excel? Uh, oh, I can't remember which one it is. Okay, fair enough. But anyway, okay. um, that's where Woden talks about giving up his face because oh, he wears the mask. Yes. Yeah. He says, I can only give power to others. Do you know what happens when I try and take it for myself? I'll give you a clue. I now wear this. Yes. Yeah. And it's like... Oh. And, yeah. So, Woden is bitter, shall we say. Oh. <laughs> He's hardcore. And so, the idea is that
1: Odin, uh, he plucked out his eye to be able to see the future. Uh, and I can't remember, did he put his hand... No, it wasn't his hand, that was Tyr. Um, he had himself crucified to the world tree. To gain... Ma- no, it's... Crucified himself to the world tree to see the future and threw his eye into the well of secrets to gain magical power. So basically he just fucked himself up in a lot of ways to get one over on the rest
0: of the gods. Mm. And that is very representative of his arc in Wykdiv so far. Yeah. So there you go. A bit oh, of- but really- the actual plot that drives us through this is that, uh, as I said, in the first issue, um, two Men wearing crucifixes try and assassinate Lucifer, which is fairly foolish. Yeah, that's also kind of a weird on sentence when you say it. <laughs> yeah. I know, isn't it just? Mm-hmm. Uh, and she clicks her fingers and their heads explode. Pop. For which she is arrested and put on trial. You know what? That's
1: fucking murder.
0: <laughs> With the finger well, cups. is it? Yes. This This is the wonderful point of the trial, is she clicked her fingers. Uh-huh. Is that a crime?
1: For for the for the, her to be found guilty, they need to then set down a precedent. Declare
0: me a god and crucify me. There's interesting precedents for that too. Yeah. Um, they have to decide that she is magic. She can do miracles, and by clicking her fingers, she exploded their heads. And she is a god. She is the incarnation of Lucifer in British justice system, uh, <laughs> which is an interesting thing to declare in a trial. It's very clever. The judge, the judge gets a little bit upset. Oh, and then and Lucifer points out that all she did was click her fingers, and she raises her fingers as if ready to click. Um, She clicks her fingers, and the judge's head explodes. And no one looks more shocked than Lucifer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Which is, to me, that was the compelling moment when, like Laura, Laura, our fangirl, who has slightly fallen for Lucifer after they flirted outrageously backstage at the Amaterasu concert. And who can blame them. um, Sees that. And I saw what Laura saw Right, Lucy had been absolutely loving being on trial. She was in control. She was having a laugh about how much she was in control of events. The last thing she wanted to do was seem out of control. Yeah. And the moment she's panicking and yelling, that wasn't me, I didn't do that, you believe her. Mm. And so someone has framed Lucifer. Or It's a good start to a plot. Or, I'm just going to put this out here... Father of lies. Just
1: put that well, out that there. Well, that is
0: something that later on Lucy does indeed say herself when she declares Laura to be ye of too much faith. What a lovely twist to our story. Who committed the murders? The devil. The devil did it. <sighs> yep. Yeah. What a twist. Um, again, first two volumes. Oh, can't bring in <laughs> outside <laughs> knowledge. Shut up, bud. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up. But certainly by the end of the second trade paperback, uh, you, you you could be left with questions as to whether Lucy was innocent or not. Yes. But that is the plot. Laura goes into investigative mode trying to find out who framed Lucifer, which is, as a premise, I love it. Yeah, Amazing. and it doesn't
1: last very long, because Lucifer kind of just gets bored of being in jail. Well, yeah, I mean, Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> You know, imprisonment, not, well, you know, been there, done that, really. Yeah, got bored, you know. <laughs> so decides to go for a walk. Yes. Because, and, well, go out anyone for a gets Between her and her
0: fucking caffeine. Yup. And I mean, that's pretty much the arc of the first story. We're introduced to Cassandra because she is investigating the gods, and what Laura needs is someone who's investigating the gods. Yep. We are introduced to as much of the Pantheon as we are in the first uh, volume because... Laura is investigating them, and she's trying to find the killer. And, it, as you say, the first arc ends when Lucy just decides to free herself from prison. And because the humans can't take her down, the gods have to uh, handle their yeah. own.
1: Specifically, oh, Leading to.
0: Baal and Sakamet. Oh, yes, exactly. yes, of course, god, yeah. And finally, Ananki. Uh, in a very, very decisive way. As Baal and Sakamet give us our first gods as superheroes super powered throwdown. Just yeah. um, awesome. Lightning powers, cat leaps, everything as they fight uh, in Islington. <laughs> Which is yeah. around the corner from where I used to live. You know, <laughs> I've used that station, it's brilliant. I love it. Um, and Ananki turns up to uh, judge, during executioner Lucifer. Yeah. Kaboom. Boom! head explode. Well, head no, explode. it's not even that, because you think, oh, they're just going to bring her in, and then she walks out the door, sees Anki, and then she just says, don't, and then it just happens.
1: Yeah, She doesn't even get to finish her sentence. Yeah, so it's like Lucifer Ugh. knew that An- that was what Anki was there to do. She's like, don't, bam.
0: Ugh. So there must be a precedent for this. Well, I mean... It's implied that the gods are aware that as the humans can't do anything, they regulate their own. Yeah. Ananki is in charge. I don't think it's unreasonable to presume in the subtext that at some point she said, if any of you get out of line... That will explode your head. Yeah. If you, if you push me to it, I will kill you myself.
1: And see, here's the thing, right? Because I remember part of the investigation... Again, it's been a while since I read Volume 1... Part of the investigation is trying to figure out which gods have control
0: over the purview of fire. That's a theory Laura works yeah. with, yes.
1: Do they? Does she not then take into account, hey, you know who's really good at exploding people's
0: heads? An Anki. Well, she doesn't know at that point. Yeah. Why would Laura know that? Fair point, fair point. What, what living witness is there? Yeah. That isn't a god uh, that can tell you that a nanki is. Very good
1: first-hand witness account of it later on, though. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, she does. Well, no, actually, it was done behind her back. Oh shit! God damn it! <laughs> you fucking monster! Spoiler warning. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the end of the first volume. When we lose Lucifer forever, she's gone. Skull replaces her icon on the pantheon wheel yep. in the book. Um, and Lucifer is dead, uh, to appear only in flashbacks from here on out. And she was, I, I think it's fair to say, not everyone's favourite, but she was a fan favourite, a strong fan favourite. your favourite. She was my favourite, yeah. she still is my favourite. Yeah, yeah. To the point that I happen to know that emails went back and forth, going, Kieran, are you a little worried that we've killed everyone's favourite character? <laughs> to which he replied, fucking yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Uh, so they start issue two without... Probably the most popular character in the book, but here we go. And this is where it all gets a bit meta because Jamie McKelvey is now off drawing the new volumes of Phonogram. So we are into an arc uh, where each issue has a different artist.
1: That's what you. Well, no, I mean, that's Star Volume 2, isn't it? So Volume 2 is still same artist.
0: Yes, I'm getting I'm getting ahead yes. of myself on the volumes. That's, yes, sorry. Volume 1 and 2 are both Jamie McKelvey yes. art, aren't they? Oh, he leaves? Yes. Does he... Oh, man. Uh, he's coming back. Right. Uh, okay, so to do the meta, because Jamie is drawing phonogram, volume 3 yeah. of Wickediv has a different artist for each issue, and each issue follows a particular god, oh, so the art cool. style reflects the god. That's actually a really cool way of doing that. So there's going to be some
1: really nice, trippy, fucking, acidy 60s art, if there's a Minerva
0: Yeah, I'm so looking forward to Minnie's issue with it. No, she doesn't get one. It's Sakumeta Amaterasu and. Who's left? Who's left? They released the covers recently. Well, we not? Um, Because he's already had a cover. uh, That doesn't necessarily matter. That's true. Um, Um, But anyway. uh, So the different art styles reflect the different gods. And what's brilliant is they did the Woden issue. Again, I'm not going to spoil the narrative. Okay. But what they did was brilliant. He doesn't create for himself. We know this. And he's a representative of sort of DJs and producers and remix culture. So what they do for his issue is they reuse art from throughout the book. So every panel in there, almost, barring about three, is pre-existing art that they've clipped out, re-lettered, (laughs) recoloured. and recompose. So clever. It's a remix. Even down to the fact that there's a bit in there where it reveals some of his sexual fantasies. Uh And it gets a bit adults only. And you see... what he describes as girls dressed up as Lucifer and Amaterasu, uh, putting on a show for him. Uh, I know this is a bit spoilery, but what I want to get to is, again, Matt Fraction is writing a book called Sex Criminals. Yes. Yeah. And in the Sex Criminals, there is, at one point, uh, a scene where a character is on a porn set, and the porn set is a porn parody called The Licked and the Divine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> featuring uh, Juicy and Amateur Ass Ooh, <laughs> And uh, that art is remixed into Woden's issue with their permission. Oh, yes. Wow. wow. Uh, so yeah, the, the Woden issue is a remix. So they've picked... There's a very anime artist for the first issue, which is Baal, because he is an anime superhero. Um, the Tara stuff is... suited to the character. Okay, uh, it's, it's been handled really well, and the backups at the end... There's a backup story at the end of each issue, which is Jamie McKelvey art, because they want to keep him in touch with the books. Yes. Um, so... The theme of the art continues through, but yeah, they're moving on to different artists for different gods, which is a really nice way of doing it whilst Jamie's unavailable. Yeah, I mean, it's also, I mean, in a way that that is the strength of this medium, really, isn't it? That um,
1: that you can do that kind of thing with the art and have, oh, yeah. and have
0: you know relevance and weight. That's incredible. I can't wait now. Uh, the, the reactions to some of the art have been mixed because obviously people have gotten used to Jamie McKelvey's style. There always is, though. <laughs> um, yeah. it's Oh, it's Amaterasu, The Morrigan, and Sakameta, the last remaining uh, books for the third volume. Cool.
1: Um,
0: but yeah, like. So, vo- volume, volume two. Volume two. Yeah. Volume, so two, Lucifer two, volume two. Lucifer just exploded. Lucifer just exploded. volume one ends off. That's mm-hmm. not where Volume
1: 1 ends, though. Oh, no, it's not. There's a little bit more than that. Because it's, it's Laura learning to deal with, you know, Lucifer being gone.
0: Yes. And it's the coming home at the end of the day. And adopting a nervous habit of Kieran Gillen's. Yeah. Compulsively clicking the fingers.
1: Really? So that like, that... Ah.
0: Ah. Because, of course, that was how Lucy did Miracles. Yes. Yeah. And um, Lucy, at one point in the first volume, suggests making her Lucy's sort of pet demon, imbuing her with a little power, something we know can happen. Of course, it could have all been lies. Yeah. I mean, Lucy is the god of lies. But Laura is now compulsively clicking her fingers, waiting to, waiting to perform a miracle.
1: Well, it's not even... I mean, at that point, she doesn't. I mean, it, it's literally she puts a cigarette to her lips, just once clicks her fingers, and it makes a light.
0: Mm, oh, that's right, yes. No, the compulsion yeah, comes after yeah, that when yeah. she tries to recreate the miracle. It's just
1: that one instance where she puts Splats it and it's just, just absentmindedly just flick and there's a flame and she's like, oh, oh shit.
0: Yep, and that's where we end <clears throat> volume one. That is such a good,
1: good ending panel. Very, very strong.
0: As the light goes out yep. around her leaving just the miraculous cigarette. And then it
1: never, I mean, she's never able to recreate it.
0: No, but she has, yes, this is where she picks up the compulsion, yeah. the habit of clicking her fingers as she walks along the street. So we get awesome palaces. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, so start of volume two, time has moved on a little. Uh, the death of Lucifer is now legend. Uh, the fact that she was there has been documented. So she is now a minor celebrity herself, but a reluctant yeah. one. mm. She does not want any part of this because her friend slash love interest slash obsession died in front of her. Mm-hmm. Was murdered in front of her. She gets like a like fifty thousand Twitter followers without saying a word. As something she says, like she hasn't posted anything, yep. and yeah. And a couple of fans in Lucifer died for our sins T-shirts. Oh, much like the one I'm currently wearing. Awesome. Uh, Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, just the sight of the t-shirts, the tour t-shirts, makes her vomit because it's all a bit bad. Mm. And that's where we start. She's clearly traumatized she by the whole affair.
2: Mm.
0: And then Inanna comes.
3: Love Inana. And Inanna
0: is oh, he's he's positivity and comfort and support. Or I say he. Uh, Inana's gender identity is very much under question by no one more so than Inanna yeah. at this point. Um, so I don't know what pronouns Inanna would prefer, but anyway, Anana is an embodiment of support and comfort. And and love.
1: And love. It's in that way that if there are any other Prince fans out there, you'll know exactly what Inanna's all about.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's fair to say. And And... Inanna refers back to what Laura was, you know, when, when Laura was going to the fan conventions before they were big. Yeah. And uh, and, and gives her the courage that she needs to say, okay, I want to talk. I want to do some cons. I'm going to tell my story. Because just because Lucy's dead doesn't mean the investigation is dead. Mm. So we pick up with Laura still, it's it's. Much bigger now. It's not just who framed Lucy. It's who forced Lucy to die. Who who made her lose yeah. it? Who got my best friend killed? It's become personal in a way that I don't think Laura was expecting.
2: Hmm. hmm.
0: Gets more personal later, though, doesn't it? Um. <laughs> first personal. Yes. Yes. First, first. personal. <laughs> <laughs> because uh we're we're, with jumping ahead sorry (laughs) that is jumping ahead but i think everyone knows where we're going by now so yeah laura heads down to dio's party partly because she needs to have a good time for at least one night and partly because that's where everyone is literally
1: everyone is there um that's there at some point isn't he's um Baphomet's in there. Oh, um,
0: Sakamet is definitely in there because Laura Dirty dances with uh, yeah. like, her. In, in there. Baal is there. Cass is there. Amaterasu's there. Uh, I'm pretty sure the only person who isn't there is Minnie, and that's because she's too yeah. young. Is Morrigan. I, actually, no. Uh, Tara won't be there. Morrigan was definitely there okay. because someone bumps into Gentle Annie, and Bad B tells them to be careful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah Minnie is just out uh, isn't there and it cuts to just a panel of her right and this is before we go into the plot I want to talk about the art because we talked about Jamie McKelvey and we talked about his character design yep. but I want to talk about Matt Wilson who does the colors yeah oh
1: yeah because oh, oh.
0: this issue was fucking phenomenal
1: the light and everything and the, the neon in that particular sort of chapter
0: you were talking about acid and tripping mm. This is a neon fueled rave nightmare of beautiful colours. Totally tripping It's balls. astounding. If you've
1: ever wondered what Darude Sandstorm looks like, if you would, were- <laughs> Yes. you just you just turn Fucking- you open it <laughs> and it already in the back of your head you said
0: Yes. But what is most powerful about this comic this issue of this comic are the Two times that color isn't used. Mm. One is there's, there's three panels of Baphomet stood at the side of the dance floor. Oh, yeah! Yeah. As the neon drops, and that's his dialogue, and the drop. And then there's a normally colored conversation between Baphomet and Laura, uh, and Baphomet is clearly not in the euphoric high that everyone else mm. has. He is outside of that. He is apart from it. Again, he's an outsider. Yeah. And the other time that that colouring. No, there are. There's, there's two more. There's another,
1: there's another Baphomet one where he's. It's, it's when he's in the underground when he lights the cigarette and it's that really clever use of lighting where everything's blue and black. Yes.
0: In mm. that kind of. But I mean, within this issue. Oh, yeah, um,
1: There right, are two again, times
0: that the, the nightclub drops yes. out. Yes. One is that it cuts away to Minerva, who isn't there, sitting on her bed, saying, don't worry, there'll be plenty of time to go out when I'm older. Oh, oh. And the other is Cassandra, who still feels nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. There you go, right? Mm. Mm. And, of course, then at the end, when they walk out of the club, the colour is yeah. gone as well. But it's such this neon fueled dance scape. It's beautiful and it was how, it looks great on the page, but it looks amazing on a screen when you've got a backlight. For, how long was
1: she in there for?
0: It's oh. like a, yeah, oh god, yeah. Yeah, she's like that's
1: the that was the best was it. A couple yeah. of
0: hours of my life or something and it's, and it's like, like it's been two weeks. It's like it's Monday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. <laughs> it's like oh, shit. Um, <laughs> yes, it's the uh, specifically the dialogue is what time is it? Two AM. It was only three hours. Oh, it seems like two AM Monday morning. <laughs> yeah, and they just don't just, <laughs> I well, needed that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, speaking of the colours, about well, like um, the bits that really jump for me, and I know it's kind of like it's it's probably a bit obvious, but it's the uh, it's the portraits of all the individual characters. <laughs> where, like an issue opens, I think it's before an issue opens, isn't it? That you oh, have like you just have their faces, don't you? They're, the in, they're also the, yeah they're the
1: covers of the individual issues.
0: Yeah, and it, there's such personalities. them, and they're so awesome. Like,
1: sorry, I got it, I was halfway through a sentence and 11, Jack opened it and I just got mm, mesmerised by ele- the page. Eleven is probably my favourite. Is it ele- or is it nine? It's, oh. it's the one that, that Irish has 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 as his um, Skype picture. Oh,
0: I was I thought you were going to say the one of it's the the, it's the bleeding bathroom. Oh, the one where there isn't a, f- a head there. That's number ten because eleven is the no head. Oh yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my yeah. god. Mm. Um, yes, those are the covers of the single issues. Which is why uh, each for the first two volumes, every cover was a a perfect portrait, head and shoulders shot, dead on of a character. Yeah. Apart from issue eleven, which was uh, the shoulders yep. certainly. <laughs> Um, the sec- the third volume is um, from the mid-face down to the sort of mid-legs. So it's a body shot. Ah. Oh. Yeah. So I can only assume the fourth volume is going to be people's feet. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that'll be left. <laughs>
1: but <laughs> I mean, I, I need that one with Baphomet on it, just as the reference thing. So I'm doing the Bleeding Baphomet for, uh, for some con- as a costume, a costume for some conventions next year.
0: Um, That's- I can get you a a very detailed clean version of that artwork because I just happen to have prints of every single cover from the first two volumes. Almost like you're a fad or something. It's almost it's like- almost like I'm obsessed with <laughs> It's this almost work. like this has come along and slapped you about the face until you became like obsessed with it. Yes. Yep. And it's a little bit To be fair though, it is warranted. It is an incredible piece of work. Like the mm. thing that the thing that sticks out with me is the um it's very, you know, when you, re- you read a, uh, say you read a writer who is uh, doing the dialogue of young people, right? And youths. Yeah, youths, exactly. <laughs> they don't fully know like how like the quote coolisms work. I'm sorry, or whatever. I, I, do you know what I mean? You
1: do saying that, you do just remind me of that picture of that, that screen cap of Steve Buscemi with the backwards cap. Hello,
0: fellow kids. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> exactly. That's
1: exactly <laughs> what
0: I mean though. And the fact that it, it, it has such a um it's so, it's so real of this generation, if you understand what mm. I mean. Like, it, it, it doesn't feel at all forced. Mm. Like, how old are these guys, by the way? Not that I'm saying that this would affect a decent writer, but... Actually, this came up at Nine Worlds when I had a chance to speak with Kira. Oh, okay. Because um, it's something I'd reflected on both reading Phonogram and this. Okay, rub that uh, in. <laughs> Sorry. McElf- <laughs> because, well,
1: I mean, Phonogram is... Like moved to London.
0: ...the character base. It's- uh, the big character, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Jamie McKelvey is my age. Okay. And, and Kieran is just 40. Okay. So not that far ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And, and, I mean, what I, what I had come to realize reading both Phonogram and this is I've loved mm-hmm. – oh, I, mean, I grew up on comics and I've loved British comics all that time because there is a particular voice about British comics. Mm, definitely. Uh, British creators like, you know, Grant Morrison, yeah. Alan Moore, when he's good, Warren Ellis. Um, but they've always – there's been a generational gap. It's always been me reading the stories written by people a generation ahead of me. Those
1: who came before. And Neil Gaiman. We didn't Phonogram. mention
0: Neil Gaiman. Uh, and Neil Gaiman, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Although I consider him more of a writer than a comics creator, but that's unfair because Sandman is phenomenal. True. And also
1: that's how he introduces himself, is as a comic writer.
0: And also True. And also the fact that he's written a work called American Gods, which is... <laughs> the best novel ever written by human hands. And it is very much like The <laughs> Divine, which I wanted to talk about oh, a bit. There's parallels, there. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. We'll yeah, touch yeah. on that later on. Yes, please um but uh yeah what, what i said to him was this is the first time i've been reading a, a british comic that speaks in the voice of my generation mm. and it's it's really interesting how that closed gap makes me feel that much closer to the work yeah it's just it's it just it just it's very natural and i know it probably sounds stupid saying but like it's it's elements like that kind could that can let a lot of things down but this it's yes. just so strong and it's, uh, it's especially when you see the Excel Center, and, and we've all, I think, been there. Yes. Yeah. You know, we've all been to conferences there. We know what that's like. We, we know how awful the queues oh, are there. How, <laughs> we know how it nightmarish it is to get around. It's when I see the fight outside Highbury and Islington and an Overground Station, and I'm like, I've been there a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it really brings it home as, as something very personal. And I think this is a personal story. It's coming from a place of Kieran wanting to deal with death and, it is and, very, and his time as a music journalist. It is very much a story about death and about how you live your life, what you do with the time you've been given. Been and very much a case of who would want celebrity, who would want the pressures of fame mm. and, and all of the negativity that comes with it. If we personify that negativity as a two-year lifespan, but we exaggerate what you can be... Mm. Then it is who would choose Celebrity. Whoa. Whoa. Dark Whoa. It's a dark goddamn story is what it is. Oh, I'm beautiful. And and we have no idea where it's going, yeah. which is my favourite thing about yes, it. Yes, it is not predictable at all. No. We <laughs> really I not. think
1: some more characters are going to die. That's my theory. I ha- <laughs> oh,
0: I think that's a safe bet. So, the issue following the warehouse party is, is one where we get a real insight into Baphomet. It's where we see Anki, let's just be blunt, manipulating the fuck out of him. Because he's very easily led. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: he is, he's all. Uh, Im- he's very, very I say naive in the sense that he is very childlike. See, one um, of the
3: things about
1: Baphomet is he's so um, unsure of himself. Mm. In that yeah. way, you sort of would expect a sort of a shock rocker to be—is this yeah. big, blustering, loud, screaming, fake blood or you know, real blood and <clears throat> goats' heads and shit like that? But inside is all for the attention.
3: Yeah, so, and everything so, he does is
0: fake; it's yeah. illusion. Yeah,
3: and the fact, the fact that he's so that way that he has to, he summons like the the
1: the yes man. No. Oh yeah, and it's, it's I, the, the the shots where the lights are out, and I forget who it was. Someone says something to him. Someone like says something really dismissive about him, and that one shot where he looks so fucking hurt. Hmm. He he, oh, like like his whole world's just come tumbling down. He looks just like a little kid who's just you know, and, and someone like his best friend is,
0: it, is. Is it in this issue, in fact, when Minnie? goes off on him yes
1: that was it it was, it was me.
0: and she's like lose your sarcasm you're just worm food we all are and it's just the next panel is this quarter page of him just looking like he's about to cry mm.
1: and you realise that out of the two of them Minnie's probably the more grown up yeah and I was god damn it I, I keep going on this big thing of just like man Baphomet's fucking fascinating and I'm, I'm annoyed because I like when I looked at it I was like oh damn it I think Baphomet's going to be my favourite mm-hmm. um yeah. And so I rebelled against that little bit. So I was no, no, I won't fall into type. Uh, <laughs> it's happening, though, because he's just so goddamn fascinating. And there's just, like, so you don't know how much of it is in an act. He's one of my favourite characters.
0: Yeah. And just, oh. So, he's so- certainly an important character. Mm.
1: Yes. And again, the old one out.
0: Oh, he is being manipulated. He is riding the rails that Ananke has laid down for him, and, and he thinks he's doing it for himself. Yeah, or
1: is he? <laughs> You know, it's, it's one of the things. was like maybe he's doing the lead. I don't know. It's so. to To
0: me, it seems like he's he's just incredibly impulsive, and yeah. he will he will attack and he will act before. He he's takes. he's
1: always got it on his mind. The, the the lifespan thing. Yeah. So he's always like, "What do I do now? 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 Now?" It's all impulse, passion action, no thinking, absolutely no thinking He has, a, no he, thinking he has a fire staff, doesn't he? he or something. Yeah, like well, he just sets fire to things. He just he just sets fire to riot police. That's true, yes. Yeah, I remember, he, yeah. he doesn't really think ahead, does our baffling?
0: Oh my god. <laughs> no, and if we think he is a scapegoat, a fake god, something manufactured, then here is the Chekhov's gun as Cassandra walks in to interview Anki and overhears this conversation between them. Hmm and calls him the fake god. There's never been a Baphomet in a previous cycle, and Baphomet isn't a real god unless you care what Crowley thinks, and no one should ever care what Crowley thinks. Yep.
1: <laughs> and again, that's the thing. is That made me start thinking about, um, in terms of things... Again, like American gods. Yeah. Um, but a, a couple of other things as well, like, uh, well, we really got me to think about it, weirdly enough, going back to a very, very old episode here, so it was Black and White, uh, the, the old uh, PC Holy game. shit. Oh, yeah. wow. this, this, idea, this idea of gods are a creation of the human mind because of what we need. Yeah. And since yes. Baphomet as a symbol is a part of a, a, of a, a non-theistic religion in, in Levain Satanism, is not himself a god, but is a symbol it, it's it's very fucking com, com, uh, complicated uh,
0: yeah it's it is interesting it also <laughs> means that uh, Baphomet couldn't necessarily exist in a cycle prior to his creation, which would explain why there's no history of it yeah him. because
1: in the, in this sense of him uh, the the Saint thing of being um free will and uh, your own needs going out over the uh, over people around you um would have only come about sort of in the, the 60s. I'm trying to remember exactly when the, the 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 Black House opened, but I think it was the 60s. Satanic panic and all that sort of stuff. That was 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it wouldn't have been around for the last one. So that would explain why he was
0: there. No. But this is our big exposition issue. One, we get the explanation of the Prometheus Gambit as delivered to Baphomet by an a- dangling it as a carrot in front of if him. If
1: she's trying to keep control of things... But if you take this with face value If Nanke's job is there to make sure The gods don't get out of hand and don't fuck up Then she would Almost definitely not Say to the most impulsive god On the on the roster, the one who sets Fire to policemen for chuckles <laughs> Hey, here is how You extend your life, you know,
0: that one thing You really want, all you've got to do is go and kill Another god But, I th- <laughs> but if she is determined to make things get out Of hand yeah. That's why, like when they talk about her age and that kind of thing, she says she's tired. I think she's done I think she doesn't want to do this anymore it's I think' for the
3: end of the cycle
0: yeah, I think she's I think she's had enough and either wants something new or just wants it to stop or something. I think she's done this again and again. Oh yeah that true that too that true that true oh wow that's true that true too that true what do you say that true that true. Um, But this is our unreliable narrator issue. Yes. This is our, here is the history of how the recurrences happen, as told to you by the one person we guarantee you can't trust. Yeah. (laughs) Because
1: who's to say they do only live two years?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Why? In two years, they are dead. We know that. Mm -hmm. We don't know that that's because they can only live two years. What happens when one of them gets past the two-year mark? That's what never I want to know. Though. I know it's never happened, but that's what I want to know. Like what? It's but this frank- is a four-year book. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when we exceed two years and they're not dead? Is it literally going to be done in two years? Like, they're just not going to stop? They're staying on schedule? Or are they just... Stop. Well, we don't know what time narrative is passing in the book. We, we know the book will run for more than two years, but we don't know if it's sort of a real time storytelling. Oh, it I doesn't so appear to be. It's yeah. going to
1: run longer than I mean, two years. I thought
0: you meant it was going to be finished and done with after two years. You, Just, you could
1: go super meta with it in the sense that these characters are existing for more than two years, but I mean, I don't
0: know if that's. Once they're on the page. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that's that's the fucking douchey writer in me talking, so. Uh,
0: Because, well, we know it's going to run more than two years because the original pitch was for 30-something issues and Kieran has frequently said 40 would feel good as it was his creation of his turning 40. Ah, awesome. Fucking awesome. Yeah. But yes, at the end of the interview, uh, Ananki reveals the real reason for calling Cassandra there or she finds a really easy way out of an awkward interview and creates (laughs) Herder and the Norns. Uh, now, yeah. can
1: you tell me a bit more about Erda? What norns?
0: Yeah, because um, I really like Erda. The Shites.
1: norns are, are they Greek? Norse, uh, Norse. Because Nors. I get confused between, I always get confused between the norns and the Morrigan.
0: Well, she has the raven thing, doesn't she? You've got the whole raven thing. Yeah, going
1: on. well, that's the, no the Morrigan of the raven thing.
0: I know, but she. I swear, like in the last issue, she had like wings. Um, no, she just has a cloak. Yeah, there, yeah. but it looked like um, raven the, the, feathers. The, the, North- the norns are the fates. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they have great. the strings of the, the life strings of man in their hands, and they can read them and they can cut them. which ah. is very much like
1: the, the, the Greek fates as well. Yeah. yeah. Or- yes. yes. Um, but as opposed to, again, but there there are also a tripartite goddess figure, much like the Morrigan, who is a tripartite. Oh, wait, Morrigan's not Norse. What am I talking about? Morrigan's Irish. Yeah no, she's a yeah. she's a celtic god she's, a, she's celtic yeah. and oh.
0: uh, hey and, and she is sort of three aspects and the norns are three individuals yeah which is a, a strong difference yeah. between That's them. where I was
1: getting confused then I was like wait a minute Morgan is not norse she's she's part of the Tiamak something or other Leanne and I my Gaelic pronunciation is understandably pretty fucking shit Oh wait no I just remembered uh, <laughs> there is the one that um, is the truth, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, She's sorry, sort of, I remember. Um, we already talked about this. <laughs> um, pale skin with the hood and the red the, the red band.
0: Yeah, heads. you know I know who she is. I know, yeah. Well, yeah. as a teller of truth, it is more interesting that she is Cassandra, mm. the prophet fated to not be believed because no one listens to her. She always spoke
1: her. the truth, but she
0: but no one ever believed her. That was her curse. Yeah. Which was Cassandra's first performance. She decided not to be Oda, but be Cassandra and walk out there and tell people her beliefs about the gods. The fact I love that she is still preaching that it's all bullshit, even though she has now become one of them. She has them. ascended or descended, depending on how you look at it. And just because she is a god doesn't mean it's not bullshit, and she's going to continue to preach that. <laughs> that takes some conviction, I like that. It's still bullshit, even if everything is true. Is her exact words. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then she has a proper like, showdown with Baphomet, because he's there to... Is, is Baphomet there to kill her, or is he there to kill... He's there to kill one of... Is it Baal? He's there to kill. He has fire in his eyes. I do love that. That's actually my, my new Steam picture. Is. Oh, it's him with the, the fire. It is, oh, it's it's him when he's, when he's underground. It's all the light. It's, it's What I really love is the colouring on that because it's like in shadows, you'd expect maybe just the eyes or whatever. it is, But it's that, that weird... When your eyes adjust to the light where everything's yeah. either black or really dark, smoky grey-blue. Yeah, it's like, what would this look like if the only
0: light source was coming from the eyes? Yeah, and his yeah. eyes also mm. got a little
1: orange glint in his eyes. And then there's just that moment where it's that f- terrifying little shot of, of um, the light going like, fully out. And all you've got is just the glint in his eyes. Yes. It like tiny little pinpricks. And, and the teeth. And the mm. flicks in the hair and everything. And yeah. it looks horrifying and brilliant in that as well. I, I love that. as a little icon picture. It's brilliant.
0: He's uh, it is really It's where good. he's
1: saying, it's a shame I really like Baal.
0: Yeah. Baal's a nice guy
1: or something like that. But it's where he basically decides he's going to go and do his first... Like, again, Foxy speaking more to Baphomet's lack of ability to think forward, the first person he picks to be his, um, you
0: know... Tr- Actually, that's not where he talks about who he's going to kill. Is it not? Um, in this... This is another reason why we believe that he might be the fake god. Oh, right. Because we know who finds the gods. We know who turns the gods. It's an Anki. Yeah. But the Morrigan claims... Well, he accuses the Morrigan of having doomed him, and the Morrigan accepts this accusation Mm. and says, I doomed you because I cared, and this is all you ever wanted. To which he says, "It's all I ever wanted." And then that frame of him lit by the spark in his fingers is, "But I want more."
1: Ah, that's the one.
0: And uh, this suggests that he's the Morrigan's equivalent of a Valkyrie or a demon.
1: Or oh, I mean, what I, I mean—that's totally one we're looking at the What I took away from that. And again, I could be completely wrong here. Is that my theory was that Morrigan and
0: uh, Baphomet knew each other before they ascended? Also, also a good theory. Yeah. And then, but what, what if you want to read into him being a fake, yeah, it is there for you. That and is a classic funny. malcontent as well.
1: Mm. I, li- I like that about him. But he does—he does essentially then go off to try and kill Baal.
0: Yes, he—he he crashes Ragnarok. Yes, the—the um, the big event of this year's Pandemonium, which, uh, well, uh, Ragnarok being a separate convention actually. But we saw flashbacks to the last one, which was you know a few seats in what looked like a church hall. Yeah and this one basically looks like glastonbury
1: speaking to Baphomet's inability to think forward he's going to try out the 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 um the gambit the, the, the killing another
0: god thing on mm-hmm. bar. <laughs> like just think ahead no well actually the one on stage when he tries it is cassandra
1: yes her is, is she not i thought she was up in the um like up in the belt the the Oh, up on the 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 weird uh,
0: stitch R- thing. she's not on the stage. Oh, no, it's she's Jordan on stage doing her talk, and um, and Baphomet leaps in with his flaming staff, saying he's got no choice if he's going to hell, they're all going with uh, him, and that's when Morrigan stops uh, him. Oh, okay, fair enough. Huh. And then Ananki stops him. Oh man, yeah, it's frightening, really, that she has such uh power
1: and knows how to use it. She so just goes, stop, and it's done.
0: Or she blasts him, doesn't, he? Mm, doesn't she? It's oh, so cool. Fuck. And then we get the amazing panel of the Norn in the middle of this tunnel of white light with the black silhouettes of the audience. Yes. Almost as if they're being blasted by her work. Yes. With blast. Which is such a powerful image. In fact, that's a really good point. Actually, you brought up an interesting topic because what I really enjoyed, particularly in the second volume, was some of the str- the, the choices with the structure of the pages. Like mm. early on, uh, Laura goes into her room, and usually, like when you're you, when you have like loads of issues of comics and things, you have like a general little bit of recap about some characters, that kind of thing. Yeah, do a really interesting thing where you just have a picture of her room, and you have a number <sighs> of table. And each oh, of those yes. are associated with something in her room, and there's a little line about it, or a little sort of like anecdotes or story behind things that she has in her room, and it just tells you a little bit more about it. I thought that's oh it's so clever. Do you know and my it- favorite thing about that image? What's that? The the key doesn't correspond with the image. There's one missing. Yes, yes, there is. And what is it? What is it it says? I noticed that. It's uh I can't remember if it's her stash or something that's hidden and we don't see where it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, that's right. It says the um the 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 smoking stash the the cigarette stash that doesn't exist to my parents or something and it's it's not there. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's not
1: on the image, Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so clever.
1: Um and the fan art she did of uh
0: Yeah. But the thing is that could have that could have taken that is just one just a really clever unique way of just doing a bit more development for a character but also Being a slick storyteller, not wasting too many pages, you know. Just getting all that content in one page. But But at the same time, they do, in a way that is so unusual for comics, waste pages. That's also true. My favourite sequence, art-wise, barring the nightclub, which is just mind-blowingly beautiful. Mm. uh, My favourite little artistic trick in the book is when Laura is going down to see the Morrigan. Oh! And... The strips are just the escalators and the platform, yeah. and the underground oh, yeah. is just a black page. And there's a lot of black space. Because black space is expensive, not because of the ink, but because it's part of the page you're not using. Mm-hmm. Uh, except in this case, they really are using mm. it. They're using it to show you claustrophobia and depth, and it's brilliant. I love that kind of stuff, and... It's why I really, really hate anyone who reviews comics and only talks about the writers, because the artists are so fundamental to how these things work. Oh, yeah.
1: I've actually just got that panel, there's a couple of panels open now, and there's the the one just before Baphomet comes out with his clicking of fingers, I've just noticed. Yeah. That's, that's how he summons fire, as well as clicking his fingers. Um, and it is just—it's a black page most of it, and all the characters is bunched up at the bottom with all the, the words coming down it.
0: And then the next page, there's just fire
1: <laughs> everywhere.
0: And they—they they do it again later when yes, they when do. they are going to see the Morrigan do her karaoke. Yes. But it's all on one page. Yeah, yeah, it's like a. And you see the descent. Oh. God, uh, the artwork is phenomenal. It's so For indulgent. It's. Incredibly indulgent, and I love it. Like, it's a feast for the eyes. Like, I mean, oh, God, at Ragnarok, um, when Cassandra is losing it uh, because, you know, the audience didn't react the way she wanted to, and Laura, who is more jealous than she could possibly admit Mm -hmm. that she isn't the last god of the Pantheon, says that you know she's really happy for Cassandra and Cassandra just looks up tears literally in her eyes and says including the dying oh, uh, yeah. and the last panel isn't gridded and has no background it's just white yeah. and it's Laura kneeling and hugging Cassandra in the ruins of you know the torn up mess that um, Cassandra left in her rage mm-hmm. and just in the background a nanki faceless head slightly cocked Watching them, and it's just, I, oh. Fucked yeah. up. It's <laughs> Oh, yes. And then we get the panel you were referring to, which harks back to the first panel when uh, it's on the next page Baphomet in darkness with just his eyes illuminating it, yeah. saying, Inanna's a nice guy. Inanna, that was it. Well, yes. I was thinking it wasn't Paul, but who was it? Yeah. That's it. Oh, man. Yeah. A- which leads us into the next issue, which is the issue that has an exploded head on the cover. Yeah. And was left off from the cliffhanger of the threat that Baphomet was going to kill Inanna. Yeah. So you go into it thinking, oh, Ah, this is going to be the one where Inanna dies or Baphomet is killed for trying to kill Inanna. But we, one of them's going to die. We can tell because the cover tells us someone's going to die. Yes and no. That was a cruel trick, wasn't really it? Really was. What it's a, a dick move. I hope you slapped them in the
1: tackle when you met them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No what can I say I'm a storytelling masochist and I love what they do to us. Yeah, that is a genius. Mm. Yeah, okay. So should we say what happens? Can I just say it's been really quite awesome because we've been running through the a lot of elements of this. Mm. And now that we've been stopping to here we go. So there, let's do the uh the, the, last final, bit. The, the final the yeah. final blow yeah, of volume bit. 2. Oh god. Well, we knew Baphomet was going after Anana. Yeah. And he does. And he he goes to Anana in the church. Oh, and I, I want to sidebar this for an amusing anecdote. Yeah. Um, the Stoke Newington Literature Festival, Kieran was giving a talk there as well, Kieran and Jamie. Yeah. And this issue had just come out. And so the events of this issue were known. <laughs> and I thought it was, you know, again, very brave of them to appear in public. <laughs> um, but it was originally scheduled uh, to take place um, in a bar. Uh, On in Stoke Newington, that was flooded and closed due to act of God, (laughs) and was relocated to a church. Oh, which is beautiful because this opens with Inanna giving his ceremony in a church. Well, it involves a lot of fucking, and it's an orgy. It's an outright orgy. Right, if if Dio gives you mindless musical euphoria Inanna gives you love of the physical kind. Thieves
1: in the temple it gives you Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it gives you when doves cry oh, oh just oh
0: and there's Baphomet watching them all be filthy and filthy and filthy and loving it and as he says it does make me want to kill him <laughs> <laughs> I like people to join in Baphomet but not like this uh and then we have our second full-on superhero fight yeah that inanna loses badly Uh because love another fighter and uh, this one we don't see a head explode no which could be crucial yeah that's what i was gonna say we see the whole goddamn building explode yeah but we do see that same raining debris as we saw in the 1920s when the building exploded then, too. Mm. Yeah, it did the job last time. You hope. I mean, we don't actually Maybe know that. that's yeah. very true,
1: actually, yeah.
0: So we went into this expecting Baphomet or Inanna to die, and we see this explosion. We see Baphomet kill Inanna, so that satisfied our curiosity about the exploded head on the cover. Totally.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Cut to a Twilight Garden and ananki wanting to have a word with Laura. <laughs> and the cruelest sequence in The Wicked and the Divine. Oh. Possibly Ooh, it's it's rivaled in issue thirteen, but she got what given how long we got to know Laura. <laughs> yeah. She, got she wanted everything they had she, and she got she it. She got it. She got it. You are one of the Persephone. Persephone. Yep. Yep. She is one of the Pantheon. You will be loved, you will be hated, you will be brilliant. Within two years, you will be dead.
1: Try, you know, two minutes. Before- Child of
0: the sky, betrothed to darkness, your mother's tears frees us all. One part of a two-part mystery. Yeah. Keywords. Reunited, separated, separate, forever. See, we meet again, Persephone.
3: See, when, when this all happened, before this event happened, I was actually theorising that she was trading Laura to replace her.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That
3: was my running theory with that.
0: Ah. Well,
3: you know, that's why she was getting to learn, to get to know all the gods and all this kind of stuff.
0: Well, I'm trying to
1: think. Is, is, yeah, Persephone is... She's also Greek. In this, I, I think Ananke is supposed to be a Greek um, concept, isn't she? I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, and Persephone, uh, yeah. yeah, she was the... Goddess of um, spring. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I often get mixed up with Demeter, um, but she she was the one that got wedded. Demeter was to her the, mother. Ah, she's the one that got wedded to Hades.
3: Yes, so she spends
1: spring and
3: summer uh, with her mother. Yeah, and then autumn and the winter
1: with she goes, Hades. That's it. She goes yeah, down into, she goes down into the underworld
0: and comes back. Yeah. yeah. Very significant to a lot of people's hopes and dreams. Hopefully, <coughs>
1: Fucking hell. <laughs> because she is a goddess of rebirth, yes,
0: <laughs> yes, she the is. The moment she is transformed, Ananki, like
1: when she so gets
3: that- her to start, she gets her to sing,
0: and actually, no, before that, even crueler, having just witnessed his death or Inanna's death is the I-can't-wait-to-tell-Inana, Laura's first excited thought on transformation, because they've become so close over the course of this volume. Inana
3: is just a boss. He's awesome. Again, one of my favourite characters.
0: Yeah. And insult to injury, once the, shall we say, dust is cleared or whatever, she fucking turns the fingers on her parents. Yes. Again, crucial, it's her parents. Not her whole family. No,
3: yes. The she has a sister. Yeah. A sister. It's but it's the thing of
0: and the we know that the Wilsons are the investigative and curious type.
3: Yes.
2: Mm. See,
3: I, I find it so cruel the fact of, you know, sing. She got her to sing, and you see that yeah. the tears are starting to flow there. Finally, she's got on what she's, you know, she's finally got what she's wanted. And then it is just bang.
0: You know, there like, are two. Fuck! So there are two or three really significant things here. Uh, one is the fact that this is narrated by Laura. Yes. Yeah. And, then I and st- the wording is, I feel small and holy, and the part of me that hasn't disappeared in the storm I've unleashed is whispering, this is worth it. Then the click. Yeah. Then like I don't the remember bit. anything after that. Yeah. I guess I'm grateful. But her narrative voice still there. exists beyond that event. Beyond yeah. the event, yes, you're right. And what we see is not a headless corpse lying on the ground. What we see is a body in flame obscuring whether or not there is a head. Mm. A burning
3: body, yeah.
0: You cannot see if there is a head on that corpse. And we have already seen Gentle Annie bring someone back from being burned alive. Yep.
1: Because you also got to bear in mind, she's in the underground, and where does Persephone go in autumn and winter? In the underground! She goes to the underworld. Ah! She
0: is mythologically all about rebirth and return. Yeah. And she didn't necessarily have her head exploded. We don't have evidence. Her narrative voice exists beyond her death. And let's face it, a lot of people really want her back.
3: And it's the whole thing of, it was uh, her words as well, saying, some deaths are necessary. Others,
0: Others are not. Yeah,
3: that's, yeah. She, that's what she blows up the parents.
0: Yeah, with just like, nothing. We're
3: gonna, we're gonna call the police.
0: Kaboom. Uh, okay, then oh, okay. No, not sorry. So, so, for two volumes in a row, Kieran Gillen has built up a character to be a huge fan favorite and then murdered them. <laughs> I can only assume this trend will continue.
1: And it better fucking not. <laughs> But yeah, it's like the, um, it's like the Wrath of Khan, uh, play in the, right. What? As, as in the, 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 the tactic that, <laughs> Simon, when, um, There's a play of Wrath no, 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 of Khan? No, 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 like, no. <laughs> That's what i always going. Like
0: No, it's, it's the fact that they announced oh, that they're going to kill, uh, you know, there's going to be a significant character death right here. It,
1: it already got leaked that that Spock was going to die in Wrath of Khan. Okay. Yes. So,
0: so it opens with with the Kobayashi Maru. So yeah. It opens
1: with Spock dying, yeah. but then it turns. out, Oh, it's the Kobayashi Maru, and then so that makes people think, oh, what got leaked? We've seen the
0: we've seen the thing that we were expecting. Oh, we can all now that. relax. Spock dying? Oh, I never oh, knew that. That's oh, what, oh, that's really cool. That's
1: all it was. Oh, it was just it was just a training mission. Oh, okay, the right. It was again,
0: Spock dies. You're yeah. Like, oh. Oh, oh! So again, you know, they 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 absolutely telegraph. Someone's going to die. Baphomet's going after Anana. One of them's going to die. We see what we're expecting to see, and then we get that ending. <laughs> it's like, oh, you fuck. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's it's also it makes it's a really interesting narrative decision to change artists. Then I know it's by necessity that Jamie now has to go and draw um, phonogram, yeah. but. It, the narrator, our point of view through all of this, has been Laura, and she's gone. Yeah. So the art changes. It's a different story now. It's not Laura's story anymore. It's,
1: it's another person's point of view. Oh, another's gospel.
0: God, I really want to keep reading this now. Yeah. Well, uh, the the next few issues are available and can be made available. Problem with that <laughs>
1: is I'm, got, I'm still saving money, uh, and I'm, I'm going to wait until Volume Three comes out.
0: That's not what he's saying. Fair enough. I mean, I can lend them to you. <laughs> that, I, I, you can lend them to me, but I will also be buying Volume Three when it comes out. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, buy Volume Three yeah. when it comes out. But I, I have the singles and I can lend them. Excellent, to you. excellent.
1: Um, I'll be, I'll be in London
0: again in December.
1: That's how I got up to date.
0: I, I collect them digitally, Jack.
1: You and your fucking science and your <laughs> living in <a> the <few> century. <laughs> because Kenison I know you're going to buy the
0: volume. So uh Thomas Edison was a witch and we should burn all our fridges. <laughs> but yes, um it's it's so worth reading up on. As I said, we get Baal, we get Tara, we get Woden as the next three books, and they've been phenomenal, each in their own way. And what is interesting is it the the pace of the narrative has shifted. Mm-hmm. It's no longer Laura's investigation. We're now learning about the gods. It has been, you know, an individual issue for an individual character. I mean
3: did we mention Baal's relationship
0: with Inara. No. Oh, um they're have... former lovers? Yes, because Inara also slept with Lucifer and Baal is the jealous type. Yes. Uh, it's a really interestingly diverse cast in that way. You know, your protagonist, Laura, is um, mixed race, yes. yeah. straight off. Mm-hmm. You've got... Um, Cassandra. Cassandra is a trans woman. Mm-hmm as revealed when uh, Lucifer apologises, sort of, for misgendering yeah. her.
1: She's, um, um, I, I forget if it's actually said, She's she is Asian
0: though, isn't she? Yes, she is. Yeah. Uh, that comes up in the Woden issue. Yes. It, <laughs> well, it comes up it yeah, in the Woden It certainly does. I'm many that, things, yeah. but I'm not transphobic. Oh. Oh. <laughs> we didn't talk about what Woden does oh. as well, that bit. Oh,
1: to his Valkyrie, his returning yeah, Valkyrie. That was... Oh. Mm.
0: But yes, I mean, it is a very diverse cast. You've got um, black characters, you've got Asian characters, you've got trans characters, bisexual characters, pansexual characters, gender-fluid characters. Uh, It is really interesting. And what I find interesting is the challenge that it's not so much the makeup of celebrity that's on show here as it's the makeup of London. Yes. (laughs) It's a love letter to London. It really is. But yes, uh, what Woden does Why is he a shit? Why is he living shit? Why do people hate him? Well, some reasons we can't get into because they come up in later volumes but there's plenty within the scope of the first two books to feel a bit awkward about Oh god, that bit is incredible So we talked (laughs) about how he can imbue power in others and keep none for himself Mm. and he uses this to create magically supercharged Valkyrie Asian women Who are all like Tron characters yeah, he has his Daft Punk suit with his Tron light cycle uniform and he makes them into the same kind of glowing suited Tron characters. It is very that, specifically
1: like modern Daft Punk uh outfit. So it's it's the collaboration Tron era Daft Punk.
0: Yes, hugely. And he doesn't treat them well. Let's just yes. let's start it off with that slightly gentle introduction to his Shittery. Yeah. Oh god.
1: So we know that there is there is a Valkyrie who has gone solo,
0: gone rogue. Yeah, and uh, we meet her at the uh, the convention mm-hmm. when she turns up uh, to to confront him, basically. And I'm trying to find the issue to pull up the pages to remind myself, but basically, is Woden on stage at the time? Sorry, yes, he is. I believe oh, he is. yes. Uh, yeah, it's going on at the time that and she's on stage. I think
3: I thought Woden's
1: on one. Of the time. Oh, that's on right. She's the... on stage. She, she's
0: doing a talk he about... rolls up. And goes... It's at the convention, not Ragnarok. Right. It's at the Pantheon. Pan- yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Pantheon. Yes. Yeah. I want to call it Godcom, but Pantheon's even better. I love the Pantheon because the, uh, the the little map of the Excel Center in there was not drawn by Jamie. Um, it was guest art. All oh, right. Because they wanted to bring in someone with a bit of graphic design experience uh, to again. make it look, you know, it, it, again, really unique artwork yeah, in the copy, really unique, awesome, slick artwork. To and then to. it's it's clearly Laura's copy of the map because she scribbled handwritten notes all over. This the is book. where I sign my twelfth autograph, and it's like thirty feet in through the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the little uh, arrow pointing to Lucy's icon yeah. uh, in the book in on the map saying Lucy died three months ago, and they're still using her. Classy. Yeah, yeah. that's the
3: thing about uh, the Tara poster she defaced.
0: Yeah, and they, they and how they were treating it like an icon. Yeah.
1: Yes, um, th- this this form of Valkyrie is giving a, a speech about like what it was like to be part of Putin's um, clique. Mm. Yeah, And is basically saying some rather uncharitable things about the gentleman,
0: Like they weren't concubines because Woden couldn't get it up. Ooh, uh, and that it was just a, a full-on abusive relationship, and what's under the mask is just a mess. And, <laughs> and then in comes Woden to interrupt. He's a little fella. Or is it just that the Valkyries are really tall? He picks tall women. Okay. It's it's one of the things he observes about Cassandra when she thinks he's hitting on her and says, "Well, you do fit the profile: Asian, tall." Uh, um, but I mean, we know Cassandra is about 5'9 nine in Woden's eyes, so he is quite small. Yeah, but it, yeah, uh, nice. and he comes to to apologise and to say that the Valkyries aren't the same without her, and and here's this beautiful new suit he's constructed for her, and and basically makes her scrape and apologize for him. All she has to do is say none of it was true. Yeah, She made
1: made it all up because she was angry and she wanted to lash out. Mm -hmm. That's all she's got to say.
0: Yep. So she does that. And then he destroys the suit in front of her and takes away everything she could have had.
1: And then just walks away.
0: He says, loop with
1: it, bitch. I'm, oh. no, he doesn't say that. <laughs> what was? There's a line. There's a line, he, there's a line he has as he walks away. Like, oh, it's oh, it's badass, oh, isn't it? oh, You
0: were it always my favourite, Kerry, but you blew it. Yeah. There, Such an asshole line. Yeah. Hang on, I'll see if I can find it because I know it was on part of the search. Yeah. Uh, well, that that is what he says. I've got the page in front of me.
1: Oh, Okay. No, no. There's just one <laughs> where he's like walking away. And it's, it's, it's it's essentially like the whole "I don't have to be nice"
0: thing. Oh, yeah, that's when he walks away from Laura. Yes. uh, And he's talking about the Valkyries. Don't say it's racist. I'm working on an aesthetic. It's complicated. You wouldn't understand it. (laughs) Or um, there are so many. (laughs) But, yeah. He has so many of those lines. I'm a god, not a saint. That's the one.
1: I'm a god, not a saint. That was the Uh, one I loved. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he has a few in his own issue that are even worse. Yeah. Nobody deserves everything, but I can have it. Yes.
1: Is is it? Oh God damn it! But the thing is, like, it's um, it's one of those things where you look at a a cast of characters. You go, yeah, well, no one's perfect, you know. But everyone has those moments that sort of. Okay, you actually realise they're actually quite a good person under it all. They're just very, very flawed, and then there's always that one. In this case, it's just except Voten.
0: Fuck Voten. And, yep. yeah, <laughs> and that's when she pulls a gun on him.
1: Oh, shit, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: And shouts Prometheus. Oh, yeah. And they're like, idiots think that shouting it first does something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Minerva takes her down. Yeah. Because even as hated as Woden is, gods look after their yep. own.
1: And is, is Woden hate, hated That's white?
3: hardcore, <laughs> man. What's what's what Whatever does? It was just like. Like a false push, but she she fucks him up. Fucks her up. Big oh yeah,
0: and then immediately says, I didn't mean to hurt her that much. Is she okay? oh First thing is, is Voden hated by
1: all the other gods?
0: Uh not popular, is he? Yeah.
1: Pretty much. <laughs> he still gets invited to all the parties. But he just shows up like he does at that gig. Oh yeah. He just rolls up, they're like, Oh, who invited him? I don't think anyone did. Just turns up to collaborate.
0: Yeah. It's also where we we see that he can teleport using the Bifrost, which is important. Yeah, also, So he can get around. Huh. (laughs) Sorry, I don't know what the hell we were doing there. Yeah. (laughs) But yes, um, if you need any more reason to get into this Uh, Kieran Gillen recently tweeted that he was struggling with the fact that maybe he'd put too much lesbian sex in the next volume (laughs) (laughs) oops
1: well none of us are perfect
0: I think a lot of people reassured him that they would deal with it (laughs) somehow
1: but yeah I think just read it, go with it you'll get a favourite character then you'll get another favourite character. Then you'll get, no, wait, this one is actually my favourite character. Yeah. No, wait, this one for reals.
0: Yeah, because really, listen to this. You've not... I mean, this is... We're still really at the beginning, aren't we? Let's face Yes, I mean, time. we're one year into what's going to be a three or four year book. And so... how, how many characters have I described as my favourite during the course of this episode? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a few. I basically all have their... And I mean, I'm, I'm the same way. Lucifer is my favourite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But... A really, really close second is Minerva. I really like Minerva, yeah. and a really close second is Cassandra. I really like Cassandra. Yeah, and cool. I don't like Woden, but he is character, really character. well written. Yeah, that's the thing. He's, He's a compelling asshole. Very compelling, and I mean, Baal is fantastic. I Baal. I, there's just so many great characters I did here. I love Baal this. I love this.
3: I didn't like him to start with, but he's grown on me as I'm re- reading. so...
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um, my first impression was, I think, quite representative of what people's first impressions of Bala meant to be. What an arrogant prick. And then job. you dig into him a little. Oh my god, Kanye. it's when he rescues Laura from the night bus and says, Let's get you home. And she pulls up the courage to say who's home and he just turns at her with that smile and says, that is entirely up to you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh
1: (laughs) man It's like was it saying to people they'll be dining off this story forever. About all the people that
0: you know all the people the the
1: rest of the people on the bus, the civvies.
0: Yeah. It's if you like if you like London, there's a lot here. If you like the deconstruction of celebrity you know, there's a lot oh, here. Yeah. Uh-huh. If you like religion, there's a lot here. If you like myth, there's a lot here. If you like murder mystery, there's a lot here. And if you just like comics and their craft, there's a hell of a lot and here. beautiful art. It's beautiful so art. slick. It's so slick. In I'm it looking at the in, the story. The ba-
1: in the back of the first trade, the, 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 the sort of the, the sample art stuff in the back of it. Yeah. Like the, the Which Oslo- I love. The alternate Oslo- covers and, and the uh, I, love, I love the cover art for the trade paperbacks.
2: Mm.
1: In fact, there's one there I don't think I've seen before, which is a it's a Baphomet and uh, Morrigan piece with all the the red hair all going up with like flames and everything. Mm. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, the covers are amazing. Um, a lot of them are guest artists. Yeah, uh, you know, each issue has like the regular cover, a guest artist cover, and sometimes even like a jokey cover.
1: Oh, I've noticed the one that's uh, it's it's. Uh, um, Jamie and um, uh, and
0: Kieran yes I like that one. Oh yeah <laughs> that one's really cute
3: <laughs> I quite like the uh, Lucy actually doing a bit like actually in a con- act, doing her singing on stage
1: yeah oh, the one with like throwing the hand up and the yeah. um, light and everything the power fist
0: of course everyone knows you should be throwing the horns <laughs> yeah <laughs> Really, yeah. They missed their trick on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean my favorite cover is still the um the Bowie Mugshot cover. Yeah, that's Yeah, 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 yeah we we'll can look at there. that now.
1: <laughs> God, it's such a good good series of books.
0: You just want to put it on your wall. And I, I was have, going to say, yes. don't, don't you Simon. You, you have yes. <laughs> I have put several. Simon covers has on the a wall. shrine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a shrine. So it it's is. just there's one 14 by seven print of that cover. Yeah, we uh, the Bowie
3: cover. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: there's there's one. Um, well, it's actually an issue of the comic um, that I've got uh, that I'm going to frame and put up. That's the signed one. It's the the blank variant of the first issue that had no text on it at all and it was just a pale image of lucy they they designed it to be signed oh yes i remember you saying about that one yeah and that's i cool. have some uh, sort of 8x5 prints of well every cover from the first two volumes 8x5 meter, by five mm. meter. <laughs> <laughs> so i have a fair collection i also have you know a, a few t-shirts and pre-orders on the new t-shirts coming but uh ignore me um <laughs> i just happen to be obsessed you believe no it this way um i do i have faith in this uh particular pantheon oh you have too much faith oh yeah um after a not too many issues basically the wicked and the divine had me going. Eh, maybe I should get a tattoo. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> well, so go. I I love this book deeply and sincerely. It's it's brilliant, and you should buy it. Do it. What would the tattoo be of? Uh, well, the initial uh, concept was just Lucifer's symbol. It's grown somewhat more complicated since that. Have the uh, whole uh, wheel? I man. might not the whole on wheel your chest. Um... <laughs> on your chest. <face. laughs> Uh, basically I I know a couple of people who have had actual sort of comic panels tattooed on and they look really really good and there's a few Lucifer ones that would be really nice Mm. I'm kind of I'm sort of torn between going with just the symbol because I really like the symbol going with the you can call me Lucy intro to Lucy or the one that's really been kicking around a lot at the moment is that panel of her just after her fall when she's kneeling in the feathers
1: it's in here so... I'm I going think to I know it. Oh, there yeah. We go, oh yeah, yeah! There we go.
0: Because it's just a, a beautiful image. Mm. We meet again, Lucifer. I've missed you, Eleanor Rigby, as she was before she became Lucifer. Is another musical yeah, reference, and is on her grave. And oh man,
3: I found out which brings us back, back to
0: on? you know. Oh yeah.
3: It's based on Nick Cave and uh, Andrew Eldritch. That's it. Yeah.
0: Andrew Eldridge—that's the name I couldn't Andrew remember. Andrew Eldridge—I don't know that name. I know, yeah, definitely- I, I don't either, but I—I I, I know him as the inspiration for. <laughs> yeah, but again, like Nick Cave, Bathmet is like a very
1: much less erudite Nick Cave. Mm. Uh, it's the 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 frontman for Sisters of Mercy. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah, that that will do it. Because I always get him mixed up with Sasha Konietzko, who's the guy from KMFDM. And they, yeah. Again, leather jacket, black aviators, very stern sort of Germanic Nordic look. Mm.
0: There you go. I put a link into chat and yes, just yes. I mean, that's Baphomet. Yeah. Show, show
1: message. Show message. Where is show it? Show message. <laughs> there it is. This is great radio. Oh, hey! Show message. Yeah. I, I can already in the temple Love love.
0: It's a good picture. Yeah, he's almost like he's going to snap his his cigarettes, <laughs> his fingers.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. But again, with all the sort of the the shock rock and everything, God damn it, all the bathroom. But then you know, I was sort of raised on on just that. Oh yes, mm. ah,
3: raised on, raised raised on wholesome Christian rock.
1: I was
0: <laughs> wholesome Christian <laughs> vomiting blood rock. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the best thing about this book is we still have no idea where it's going uh, I I have no idea why Ananki is doing any of this But you, still, you know um, what it's going
1: there really really fast and really really well yeah it doesn't
0: hold back does it it's it's a weird book in terms of pacing because it's like in any given issue <coughs> a huge amount happens and then you look at the trade and you go a lot happened yeah it,
1: it barrels it proper barrels Basically, we can safely say, wherever it's going, it doesn't have brakes. No, it does not. God, no. <laughs> it yeah. might
0: slam into a wall, yes. but it has no brakes. Or it might come off the tracks. You never know. Yeah. It's, it's one of the reasons Lucy is where I'm going with the tattoo, because her story is largely told. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, whatever happens from here on in, those first two volumes, I adore. Yeah. And, and her story is told within the first. You know, so I can always rely on that, whatever else comes. Yeah. <sighs> but I—it's um, there was an uh, exhibit at the British Museum about comic books, and one of the things there was uh, pages from the first script and a couple of emails between uh, Jamie and Kieran. And uh, if I do get a tattoo, it's all to plan. Because when Kieran was describing the iconography they wanted for the wheel of the Pantheon, Mm. he said, you know, these are icons, we need icons, we're about pop stars and pop stars are icons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, we want to see this on merchandise, on t-shirts, on tattoos.
1: (laughs) Yep. Let me just double check, let me see Baphomet's icon, because obviously Baphomet is in itself a symbol.
0: It's the ram skull, isn't it? No, because the ram skull's vile. Oh yeah, so it is.
1: Baphomet is the 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 castle skull, skull, that's right. with, With the crossed swords. Yes, yeah, cross-
0: which he also wears as a t-shirt.
1: With, in fact, funny enough, it's crossed scimitars. Yeah. So again, going back to what I said about uh, Baphomet being a corruption of Muhammad. Mm. Mm. Just putting that out there. Crescent-shaped blades and whatnot.
0: Yeah. Just, just you know, just food for thought. <laughs> there's a lot here. I I'm following a lot of people on Tumblr who think very deeply about this book, yeah. and there's so many people doing a lot of analysis who are... You know, scholars of mythology or theology. Can
1: we? Can we do or literature? Can we do a, a theology podcast on some like <laughs> on uh, pop culture and comics and
0: films and games? Because I really want to do that. Jeff, funnily enough, I really want to do it as well because there's um, someone I know who's spoken at Video Brains and um, helps run the theology, well, the academia track at Nine Worlds, ah. who is a theology scholar. And she did an amazing talk on uh, theology in video games and why the theology in Dragon Age feels rich and well thought out and the theology in Skyrim feels like an afterthought. Um, I'd love to get her on here and talk about that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I want to like, even if it's as part of World 1 stage, if we do, like, a... We have it opening with sort of very, very, very classical music and just sort of, ah, I didn't even see you there. <laughs> <laughs> Make yourself comfortable. Well, oh, today's subject is theology. Go. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, right? let's set it up. But let's have a
0: guest. And we'll try and behave. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I was contemplating calling anything we had with the guest on just uh in the in the way that we have dead trees and idiot box episodes now just a world one stage one best behavior
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's
0: a really good idea i like it awesome oh, man. It- but those are plans for another day yeah indeed for now go and read the wicked and the divine absolutely and also sex criminals
1: and also, go and see uh, Final Symphony 2, the best music of Final Fantasy played by the London Symphony Orchestra. Oh, you can! That already happened. How was and that? it was amazing. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I, I realised that I hadn't talked about that whilst we were on the episode. It were, it
0: were good. Let's talk about that next episode, All right. which is going to be released as regularly as we always release. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in the next cycle. <laughs> the next cycle, yes. The,
1: the next, next recurrence. we talk about it. Uh,
3: yeah. I do have a new Tumblr, though.
1: Well done. What's your Tumblr? Say <laughs> it on the, on the airwaves. It's called Notice Speak Creeper, Sam. There you go. Excellent.
0: Everyone follow that Tumblr. Is there any other place people could follow us, like, generally? Uh, they could follow us on Twitter at W1S1. And also on the street. And also on the street, yes, you could stalk us, uh, <laughs> Please suppose. don't. Don't actually do You could find our Facebook page, which way. is easier and more legal. Yeah, yeah. I, I I can't
1: run very fast because my shoes have holes in them. But, oh, yeah. oh dear, you might want to buy some new shoes. I can't, I don't have any money, I'm going to Japan. Do it barefoot,
0: <laughs> like a crazy
1: man with your little flag. You can find us on the Tumblrs. At world1stage1. One one world1stage1.tumblr.com There's also some YouTube stuff now, isn't there?
0: Is there Simon? Uh, there has been for a while. It's uh, because YouTube is weird. It's World One Stage One Pod. Yes, I just uh, wanted you to say it again. I love it. <laughs> it's my favourite World One Stage I One hate Pod it. because no one has taken World One Stage One. It's it's not in use, but YouTube won't let me have it. That's really upsetting. Yeah, even spelled out. out. Uh, I think even spelled out. Yes. Ugh. I tried a lot of combinations before I ended up with World War Stage 1 Pod. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> that is definitely like a giving up kind of name. Yeah. That was one of the... You know when you end up with a name because you you are fed up yeah, and you um, don't type in a name you want. You just type in a name and you go, I bet that's gone as well. And then, you, oh, fuck, no, it wasn't. Now it's mine. <laughs> and then that's what you're called. Yeah. That's how that ended up. Yeah.
1: But you... And because coming this winter there will be some uh, me and Rob playing
0: stuff. Yes, uh, but we've also got some awesome stuff from Simon on there. Uh, I'm Max. playing some Mad Max at the moment. Yep, uh, and there will be more of that hopefully this coming week. Excellent. We're going to work um, on the stay stuff. Stay
1: tuned. We'll be all promise. Uh, the, Ch- the Cheltenham office will be adding stuff
0: once Fallout Four gets released. <gasps> but it's, it's not an organised. Output no. device But then again Nor are these podcasts Not yet So We
1: are working really hard To try and get it together But just Please bear in mind We are We are old Boring You know Employed people now. We're thinking about it really hard I have a family
0: ah! I I have to look after Rob I have a cat oh. I have a I fucking Two
1: <laughs> See I, this, this this is You see what I have to do. Go and relieve yourself I already have Oh <laughs> Oh I have I'll to be- buy a new sofa. That's, I think these are the things we have to deal with. Mm-hmm.
3: I will be joining the the twi- uh, the videoing once I have my new console.
1: Marvelous!
2: Yay!
3: Put my deposit
0: down for it today. So, oh, excellent! Awesome! He's getting the wrong one, though. No, he's not. He's getting the one that I have, and that's cool. Yeah.
3: Hey, drive.
0: The date for my joining the Xbox Nation is impending because, of course, Rock Band is out next month. You so going- the majority, oh, I should, yeah, yeah. the majority yeah. of us will have. Oh no. Xbox! I will probably
1: be getting one. I'll probably be getting one when Simon gets one. So uh, a Rock I- Band. Machine. I will also be buying a Rock Band. <laughs> <machine>. <laughs> rock
0: Band machine because <laughs> uh, it's cheaper than rebuying the content. Are yeah. just sick? But it's true. I told I think- that to my. I told that to my system manager it- the other day. It-
3: they said. He you know, worked out the numbers. It'd be cheaper to do that than to buy it all yeah. again. He's like, sorry,
1: yeah. But then we could also play. And then I was thinking, what? Are there any Xbox One um, uh, onlys?
0: No. Well, they don't have to be Xbox One only. They just have to be available on Xbox One. no. So. no, no. I, I mean, try. is there anything?
1: It's worth buying an Xbox One for? Uh, sure. Yeah, Rock Band. And other other um. than Rock Band, like what can we play that are oh, mm. Xbox One
0: exclusives? We could play rock band. Rock band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could stream our rock band experience. Oh my god, that would be terrible. That World was, 1 Stage 1 Band. <laughs> World 1 Stage
1: 1 plays all fucking punk like what, yo? Because we'll just be <laughs> slamming, well, I'll just be basically just bashing an instrument together. And, you know. I'll have the triangle. I
0: won't be playing the game, I'll just sit with the triangle. It's fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. These more cowbells. More cowbell. If you take any thoughts away from this episode, they should be: read the wicked and the divine, and David Cameron fucked a dead pig's mouth. And we're full circle.
3: There's four of us. Yes. What? What's the- <laughs> with anything? Well, what's the what's the dynamic <laughs> in the sh- in the wicked and the divine?
1: You're calling us square Irish. Twelve. <laughs>
3: Thirteen. They tend to yeah. count a lot.
0: Though of one, two, three, and four, they do. That's true. That's a beat in music. Counting to four is—it's interesting, actually. That is no. (laughs) We're not going to go deeply back into it, but we see one, two, three, four as a recurring theme throughout the book, and we see it as an invocation of magic when Lucifer blows the heads off the gunman. But we also see her do magic without invoking one, two, three, four. So it's not required. It's just this innate. And yeah, there may be some significance to that, but yes. One, two, three, four. BOOM! No, I think, I think the recording is over. I will have cut in the music at the moment that boom happens. Oh, right. can,
1: can We're all doing <laughs> our sign-offs. Could, could you cut in with Dancing in September? Could you dance in... Do
0: you know what? I really
1: can't. Whatever you just said, I can't do it. Can we cut in with Dancing in September by Earth, Wind and Fire?
0: Because it's the 21st night of September. Never mind. I Whatever you want in the depths of your ignorance, I can't give you that. <laughs> to quote Orson Wells. So we're Bye not doing this. We're actually done. I'm Jack. No,
1: no, you have to actually do this. <laughs> <laughs> Simon, so this that, just that, in that, case that of editing done. problems.
0: What? Just do it in case there's editing problems. If we do it, there will bloody well be editing problems. Okay. <laughs> I have. You have been listening to. it. Shut oh, up. Fuck. You have been listening. <laughs> right, everybody, stop. Simon, go. You have been listening to World One Stage One. I have been Simon. I have been Jack.
1: I have been Irish. I've been Rob. I'm always fourth, Irish. You always wait. <laughs> <laughs> what? No. If he waited, you would have
0: gone and been third. No, but then we could talk. Oh, never mind.
1: <laughs> it's
0: gone. It's End gone. the episode.
1: We did. We, we did. Go. It's ended. Okay. Unacceptable. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. I need a piss.
0: (laughs) Regardless, this has been fun, gentlemen. Thank you very much.
2: Get a good seat. (laughs)